1: Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Let's get nasty on a Tuesday. It's a Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter. We're live from Centene. Community Ice Center, where the Blues are having their youth hockey camp this week,
3: Jamie. It's a big week. It's a day. huge week. We just saw Rick Flair walk by. He just walked by. Nature Boy's hanging out here. He heard the Blues Youth Camp was going on, so he came in. I thought he... He just had in.
2: I thought maybe he, he heard that we were going to be here.
3: Well, I, I think that, you know, that as well, but mm-hmm. no, it's been a big day, big week so far here. Blues doing a great job uh, of, you know, really putting on a great great camp synergy hockey partners with the blues youth hockey group and we put on this camp and uh yeah synergy hockey if you're watching the youtube anthony's got his shirt on i got my shirt on uh, michael chandler just walked by as well michael chandler's fighting conor mcgregor coming up here in the ufc there's a lot of stuff going down here at Santee. We had Braden Shen here today. We had Ryan O'Reilly, Nashville Predator. People just, oh. oh.
2: Still love you, Ryan. We still
3: love you so much. We have Pat Maroon, the big rig, was in here nice. too. Nice. Pride, Pride of actually, Oakville. Pride of Oakville. Now he's uh, Minnesota Wild. Yeah. So, uh, yeah.
2: I kind of hate that he's part of Minnesota now. Like, I don't know what's worse. Ryan O'Reilly going to Nashville or the big rig going to Minnesota. Because they we both suck. we know we Not them. yeah the the, the teams sure yeah. but we, as we know the big rig anything any team that he touches of late oh. likely likely to win no, something. Oh, I
3: didn't big. think about that either.
2: Yeah, is if that, he's in Tampa, I Bill mean, okay. Bill
3: is already sizing up the guys for rain. Yeah,
2: probably shouldn't, but
3: probably you, shouldn't, but I mean, come on. Yeah, none percentages the, tell me the big
4: rig's getting the
3: cup.
2: Exactly, at some point in his tenure there, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we are live at Sentin Community Ice Center. We're going to be here all week for the Blues uh, Youth Hockey Camp, and maybe we'll get a chance to talk to some some people throughout the course of the week. Uh, But otherwise, we appreciate you listening here on the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. So the Cardinals knock off the Diamondbacks last night. Kind of an exciting win for the Cards in that they they unfortunately blew the lead, but they did rally back. Tyler O'Neill with a massive double to extend the lead last night, but it, it was kind of set up by former Arizona Diamondback Paul Goldschmidt, you got back, you got you got on the board again Goldie, baby. with Goldie, he hit the first home run. In their hills, you Anthony. got UConn Cornelius coming through <laughs> last night for not only Jamie, but for the Cardinals. So Goldie goes deep and you also had a game tying hit for Goldie comes around on the O'Neill double. But really the kind of the story of the night Outside of the way that the Cardinals came back and won was Adam Wainwright. He, he pitched fine. He pitched certainly good enough to get himself a win. He wasn't efficient early on. We knew he was he was only going to see about 65 pitches. Ollie extended him trying to, in my opinion, get to, to get the win try to Guaranteed get to 199
3: all they had to do anthony just close it out he had That's not easy I mean, right
2: three stake to a three-run lead or he exits the game i should say with a three-run lead the
3: worst lead in baseball the
2: worst lead in baseball <laughs> and the bullpen unfortunately fractures so that was really the story way not getting yeah. 199
3: last night. this is where i i asked bt a long time ago i, I think yeah, you were there. I asked him, I said, does the pitcher ever just go over and punch the guy in the bullpen in the mouth, like the reliever after, like I, yeah. a three run lead and this is what you do to me? You blow it. I know they're not trying to blow it, obviously, right. but I was sitting there and we we're watching it last night too. And I was like, man, Wayno set up. He set up for 199 here and uh, it's never looked better for him.
2: It's your volume on your computer. I don't know. I think it is. It's possible. Just it? turn that, turn that, there you go. Okay. Is that better for you? I heard some bleed. I heard some bleed You're going bleeding. on there. Yeah. No, That's we're all good now, though. All right. So the other, the other story, of course, it, it, you know, you got Paul Goldschmidt, like I said, in his return to Arizona, he goes two for five, home run, three RBI. Nolan Arenado touched some seats as well. One for five, but the one was a big fly. He's now up to two ninety, three thirty 527. That's his slash line on the year, 22 home runs, 77 RBI. And then, like I, like I noted before, Tyler O'Neill comes through with a double. And we're going to get into Tyler O'Neal because Keep
3: that guy. Extend him.
2: Katie, <laughs> Katie Woo had, had a very interesting, not only the, the, the tweet, but the follow up as to why maybe the Cardinals are inclined to keep Tyler O'Neill at the deadline. But again, we're going to get into that a little bit later on. Uh, but Goldie just continues to deliver. I know it's a hot topic right now. If he doesn't wa- wave wave his no trade, first of all, I don't think the Cardinals are interested.
3: Are you you're trading him again?
2: If if he's not if if he doesn't want to waive his no trade clause, he's he's going to be with the Cards, but
3: Jamie. <laughs> what? Now, now is the oh, time. Yeah, now is the time, right? You know what? Package deal. He's had Anthony? a really good year. I'm on board. I'm on board. Package deal. One year left on his contract. We'll put Goldie and Arenado out there on the block. No, not Arenado. They're so hot right now. No. I mean, who wouldn't trade for them? You know, I'm not trading Arenado. But why not?
2: He's younger. Oh, you're an ageist now. You don't. You don't have a third <laughs> baseman ready to go. We
3: well, got Jordan Walker. You were putting him there yesterday. I was putting Jordan Walker at first not yesterday. You, yes, you got I Nolan was. Gorman.
2: You drafted him as a third baseman. We do have. We do have Taylor Motter. Who we came do. through with the single again.
3: Mott night. Sauce.
2: Yeah. Oh, instead of
3: sauce. I'm calling him Mott Sauce instead
2: of Hot Sauce. Yeah. OK, I like that. Either way. Uh, what other takeaways did you have from last night's game?
3: Well, the offense is uh, is there. Like, he, he, If you're the Cardinals and you're looking at the deadline this year, you're starting from a pretty good place offensively to where you can touch seats. You got a couple of guys in Goldie and Arenado, specifically Gorman. Wasn't playing last night, but he can touch seats. Walker can get a, get a hold of him. You got a lot of guys who got that pop, but it's it goes back to the pitching again. Like, you get a really solid start from Waino last night. In fact, more than I thought he could offer. And based upon what he's done so far this season and the end of last season, I really didn't know what to expect. He goes out there and he shoves no, not like not ace stuff, yeah. but he gave you exactly yeah, what com- he needed compared, to give.
2: Compared to where what he was doing before.
3: A hundred percent. And then the bullpen falls apart. Like that's the story of the season. Yeah. And if it's not the bullpen, it's the rotation. It's like a flippity flop going back and forth to where it just never seems to align. or not enough. Consistently it doesn't align to where the starting pitcher and the bullpen are lights out for that yeah. game. There's always some kind of drama that doesn't need to be there. Right. Like last night, you didn't need to be that way. You're up by three, Wayne leaves the game. Then you find yourself down by one.
4: Yeah. What
3: the hell are we doing here? It's crazy. It shouldn't happen that way.
2: You know, let's just, can we take Adam right? let's just remove him from the situation for a second. You're right in terms of this has been the season. When you talk about the bullpen, oh, the bullpen blew it. Or well, your starter again. Let's just remove Adam Wainwright because he's—he's—it's a unique situation with Waino. He hasn't pitched since July fourth. We know that the the end is already here. You just need him to go out there, pitch well enough, get through five or six, supply the offense, bullpen saves it for it, and he gets two wins. He gets to two hundred, right? Like that's—that's that's what the game plan is, and you hope that you properly send off Waino. But if you just take Adam Wainwright out of it, and just say starting pitcher. But well, your starting pitching has, getting, has, has got through five last night.
3: Five. That's the new complete game. It's a new. I
2: realize it's the new complete <laughs> game. But five innings, six innings, you've come up short with your starting pitching. So we can talk about starting pitching, ERA, and how good some of these guys have been at times. I was listening to the opening drive, though, this morning. Kerry Davis was talking about this. The Cardinals don't have a complete game this season from a starter. And that the, the norm in baseball is not the complete game. I would like
3: to know what the hell – who's leading the league in complete games?
2: The Rangers with three. That's what I'm saying. But the Cardinals aren't even getting consistently into the seventh inning. The starting no, staff right. has not been good enough from an inning standpoint, and I don't think it's just – we can't just keep blaming analytics for everything. Well, they don't want to face the lineup third, third, third time through. I think Ali, the deeper as we get into the season – would let his starters go go a little bit deeper, knowing that the bullpen is fractured. I don't think he always wants to go to the pen in the fifth in the fifth inning or the sixth inning. So it, it's it's kind of that domino effect of your starting staff doesn't doesn't pitch deep into games. You've exposed your bullpen too much. You've got injuries to your pen. You've got guys that are up now just trying to eat innings that probably shouldn't be in the big leagues, and your bullpen is fracturing. You scored 10 runs last night. You should win that game you did. But how many times do they score eight plus runs and they lose? They've been a lot of games. Seven plus runs and
3: they lose. It's been the story of the season, Jay. Yeah, it's frustrating. And imagine for a guy like Ollie to where the recipe isn't really changing as far as like how he's utilizing his pitchers or his players. But the the end result changes. Yeah, the end result is is who knows? Yet he's using the same formula, but he's getting a different product every single time. Right. So we want to blame Ollie Marmo and we, you know, there's a large part of the fan base that wants him fired or, or they want to bring in somebody new. I don't know what different, what it is that, that they would do differently. Mm. I don't know. Because what he do last night, the play was to get Wayno through the fifth. Yep. Any other manager, I don't care who it is, take the greatest manager ever in the history of the game. Would have wanted to get Wayno through the fifth and get to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. That was the play. Yep. That, now what? Your bullpen crumbles. Why is that the manager's fault? Right. Because if you leave Wayno out for another inning, the wheels may fall off at that point. I feel like you had stretched that out or maximized Wayno as much as you possibly could. Yep. And even Wayno, you know, usually he's ticked off when he gets pulled out. He was kind of celebrating with his teammates like he was, you know, Happy for himself. He mm-hmm. knew, like, there wasn't the no work. You know, he's like, the, ugh. Yeah. He was like, OK, I did my job.
2: I'm in line for a win.
3: And I did my job, yeah. bottom line. Handed off to the bull. Pen, whoever that may be and the bullpen blew it yep that's not Ollie's fault no it's not that's the bullpen's pen's fault I'm with
2: you that's Jamie Rivers I'm Anthony Stalter it's the line on 101 ESPN 212 your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers an officially licensed Rolex jeweler as you can see from our background here if you are on our YouTube channel at 101 ESPN saint I'm
3: glowing on this channel by are you the glowing way. yeah I'm bright white you look good kid look at that look at like Casper the friendly ghost no you're fine you're great that's fine
2: uh, we are at Centine Community Ice Center today for the Blues Youth Hockey Camp, which is going on all week. We're going to talk about Tyler O'Neill next because yeah, we Katie are. Wu had a very interesting tweet. And when I first read, when I read the initial tweet, Jamie, I thought to myself, "What the hell are we doing here?" <laughs> then with her follow up, I'm like, "Ah, all right, I kind of get it." <laughs> we'll talk about it next on one ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Cardinal at every base, the pitch. Swing, drive, hammer toward left. The ball is down and into the two-run score. Here comes Newton around third. He's getting waved. O'Neal clears him with a double.
2: That was Chip Carey on the call yesterday or last night in Arizona as the Cardinals knock off the Diamondbacks in the first series or first game of the series. With Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. it's Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Huge double last night for Tyler O'Neal. He extended the lead for the Cardinals in the ninth inning and Gave them a cushion, uh, Jordan Hicks specifically gave him a cushion, so that they can close that thing off. But the reason why we're talking about Tyler O'Neill today, and I think this is going to be kind of an interesting topic throughout the course of the show, Jamie. Katie Wu tweeted out: "The Cardinals have made half, the Cardinals have a decision to make regarding Tyler O'Neill and how he fits into their long-term plans." Not shocking. You do need to make a decision about Tyler O'Neill. I thought the decision probably was already made for him based on his long history of of injuries if you if you can show showcase him from now until the mlb trade deadline great get something for him katie wu continues though as for now however it doesn't appear the cardinals are inclined
3: to move him at the trade deadline so many questions anthony so many questions now so this goes back probably to my original discussion with you we won't call it an argument because there was no argument not over that anyways um over other things over plenty of other things to worry about when it comes to that but our initial discussion was what are you really going to get for Tyler O'Neill?" that's what I said I was like what are you what are you really going to get you know I I don't know if people are still looking at the two seasons ago MVP-ish season from him I think people know it's there The problem is the consistency from that moment on has not been there, not just statistically. like He hasn't consistently been in the lineup. Mm -hmm. So that being said, I don't know what you could get for Tyler O'Neill. but I also, on the flip side of this, don't understand the strategy. The player, in my opinion, clearly doesn't want to be a Cardinal. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say clearly. Mm -hmm. It seems as though he would like fresh a fresh start somewhere else. The club has had its friction with Tyler O'Neill, Ollie Marmol calling him out. I don't know anything else to do with it, but it just doesn't seem like a happy marriage all around. And uh, trust me, I know what that means. And um, that being said, is why would you not move him? Mm-hmm. Why would you not? Somebody out there is in need of an outfielder, a five-tool player,
4: Maybe, <laughs> right? On paper, he's a five-tool player. But
3: if you get that guy, if you get that five-tool player for a playoff run, this is what kind of scares me: is Tyler O'Neill has the skill set to become Randy Rosarena come friggin' October. He really does. If he hits, if he's smashing the ball, playing defense, running, all the things that he can possibly do, that could turn on and bite you. But at the same time, that's your selling point. Your selling point is, listen, man, it's just he needs a, a fresh start. We need to, to move on from the player. He has the capabilities of turning into a, a really good player for you. So we think his value is a little higher than that. But I just don't, I don't understand the strategy of holding on to it. This is the situation we talked about yesterday. Who have the Cardinals held on to too long? Mm-hmm. You brought up Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung has worked his way back into being a Major League Baseball shortstop, and he's yep. having an okay season. But this is another situation where I feel like Cardinals are holding on again. Right like for what?
2: Right. Are it's, they
3: still Are they still gun shy from like Rosarena and Doubravka? Gar- like, yeah. you can't let it affect you like that.
2: But and and I agree, Jamie. And what else is that doing moving forward? So let's say you keep Tyler O'Neill. And by the way, let me mention the other part of Katie Wu's tweet here because it goes hand in hand with what I'm going to say next. She said, "Why? Why you ask?" So this is a subsequent, a subsequent tweet following the comment about. As for now, it doesn't appear the Cardinals have incline, are, are inclined to move him at the deadline. Katie says, "Why you ask?" O'Neill's lengthy injury history has significantly lowered the value of his hypothetical trade return. It goes to what you just said about what are you going to get for him? And John Mozeylock, who is looking to field the competitive team for 2024. Isn't selling off talent just for the sake of doing so? It makes sense. It makes sense. You get you turn around. You're going to give Tyler O'Neill up for I don't know a double a a double A player that you don't think has much of a future, and then Tyler O'Neill goes to help the I don't know the LA Dodgers win a World Series wherever
3: a, he goes. He has the potential of being a difference maker. Sure,
2: and then you're you're holding the bag with just oh I let's hope this double A guy yeah. works out for five you know in five years. However, at what point? do you look at your roster and look at it more than just what the production is on the field? And I know that's a crazy thought, right, because it's all about production. What do you mean? Jamie. Are you talking about, like, clubhouse? Mo's got to build a team. Yeah. And and it is difficult. I think one of the most difficult aspects of baseball, really any, t- any team, is actually building a team. Collecting talent, you know, is – Not easy, but it's easier than building a team. There's a huge difference. The Philadelphia Phillies and New York Mets and San Diego Padres, the Padres, I think, are the poster child. The Padres have done a phenomenal job of collecting talent. Have they built a team? No, anything but. So last year they had a pretty good run, but the year before that there was a lot of internal strife. That internal strife has come back up again. They don't have a team. They have a collection of talent. So if you're Mo, getting back to Tyler – the Tyler O'Neill situation and you're deathly afraid of giving him up, especially for a return that you're not, that you're not satisfied with. I understand that, but does Tyler O'Neill fit on your roster to build the best team? He's not available.
3: No, he's not.
2: The idea I, we got to, we got to move know. on from the idea of Tyler O'Neill. What has he actually, but that's what's us? holding them back. Anthony. I know. That's what's I holding I the club back.
3: Him. Is the fear of Randy a 2.0 happening. Right. Why? Because he's very similar. Mm-hmm. He's a he's physically gifted. He's a strong guy, very athletic guy, tremendous amount of pop, great speed, great defense, that if he's available, could turn around and really help a team. Now the Cardinals are what, here's what you have to do. They gotta just move on. Yes. Gotta move on. And you can't sit there and care about what happens once he's gone mm-hmm. you try if you can to trade him maybe to the american league or a team that has nothing to do with you yeah. at all like so that it's, maybe okay. <laughs> no maybe not <laughs> i see what you did there uh it took me a half a second the hamster <laughs> fell out of the wheel got back in can you imagine a rosarena and no. o'neal playing the corners of the no. outfield no
2: my goodness or texas right, with well, garcia yeah oh yeah
3: that would be painful but As an organization, you just have to say, listen, we've had some missteps before. I don't think the fan base here in St. Louis will look at this the same way. Like if if Tyler O'Neill is traded to Team X, Y, or Z, it doesn't matter. And he goes on to have success. I don't think the fan base turns to Mo and be like, look, we told you. No, not the truth at all. Reina never really got the opportunity. So you have you have an argument there that you didn't give him his chance here in St. Louis. Look yeah. what he could have been. Mo has given ample opportunity for Tyler O'Neal to play and take over and do his thing. He just hasn't been available, to your point. Yeah. So I don't think the fan base turns on Mo if Tyler O'Neill goes and has success somewhere else. I just don't see that happening.
2: I think you're given the fan base a little more credit uh, you know what anthony
3: i like our fan base here me too okay i give them credit all the time
2: i i don't think it takes much to be ticked off at mo for this fan base so oh. tyler O'Neill goes goes someplace else and has success but to your to, to your overall point jamie i i agree with it if if you know that tyler neil doesn't have much of a future here why are you going to hold on to him now maybe you hold on to him at the deadline maybe you don't like what you're hearing back okay Roll it out the rest of the year, and I believe he's got one more year of arbitration.
3: He does. I think it's going to be somewhere in the the area of nine to eleven million, somewhere in there. So maybe you get through it. I could just be staltering that.
5: <laughs> I'm done with him.
2: Either way, well, okay, yeah, thank you, Janet. Janet. All right. Let's say you get through the rest of the season, you keep him at the deadline. You get cause, because you don't hear what you don't you you don't get the the offers that you're hoping for. Okay, mm-hmm. so you don't give them up for nothing. Smart, but then you. You get into the off season and then trade him. Then, either way, the Tyler O'Neill experiment has got to has got to be over with. Because what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to tr- you're going to keep Tyler O'Neill after he has shown you repeatedly that outside of the one year you can't stay healthy, and you're not going to give more opportunities to somebody like Dylan Carlson, who once was a top prospect in your organization, is still only 24 years old. You're going to trade Carlson for pennies on the dollar because you. You don't like the return on Tyler O'Neal? You yeah. Know, at some point, you got to believe what the player is showing you. Harrison Bader, same same thing. Harrison Bader had been banged up. As a Yankee, he's shown flashes, and he's been banged up. you got you got to understand, like, that's who the player is at some point. So, it's going to be fascinating to see what the deal is with Tyler O'Neill moving forward. We did mention the game plan, though. What is Mo's game plan at the deadline? It's a little bit murkier today than I thought – yesterday. We'll so get to that next on 101 ESPN.
4: The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I just want people to to remember (laughs) Mm -hmm. when they trade away these pieces, when they trade away Jordan Hicks. When Montgomery and Flaherty go, when Tyler O'Neill goes, when Paul DeYoung and, and whatever, if there is a surprise, just know that there's a potential for them to be really good in their next place, Agreed. at their next stop. Just remember that you did not think that they were doing well enough here at times and you wanted them to be moved to St. Louis do not get frustrated. Why can't we develop anyone? Why can't we get it together? It's sometimes a new place gives people new energy.
2: That's Kerry Davis on the opening drive here on 101 ESPN. Kerry's right. He's absolutely right. You can't get ticked off if you, of course, are of the mindset that, Jamie, I feel like you and I fall into, which is that the Cardinals need to sell. They need to use the app that's been a bad year. Don't make it two too bad years. Take the assets that you have, trade them, and then look to compete again in twenty twenty four. But you can't do anything with with his pitching staff. It's not just the starting staff; it's now the it's the bullpen as well. The bull the bullpen, I think to a large degree, has been fractured because of the starting staff. But you can't blame it all on the starting staff because the starting staff in pockets this season has been has been pretty good. So if you Wind up trading Flaherty, and he goes on. He has a lot of success for a short period of time. So be it. Montgomery probably not going to resign here. If Tyler O'Neal goes goes on, and he winds up having some success, okay. But you have to make the decision right now, and that's what it that's what it is. Nobody can predict the future. I think I think we as fans want our general managers or our president of uh, baseball operations or hockey operations to predict the future. Nobody can. You have a decision to make, you make the best decision that you think, and you move forward. You deal, you deal with the results of it. Now, if you compile a bunch of bad decisions in a row, then you got to go.
4: Uh, yeah.
2: And maybe a lot of Cardinals fans are saying, well, yeah, you have already these these bad decisions. Okay. But what are you, you going to do? So, when you look at, Jamie, the game plan for Mo at the trade deadline, what do you think it is? After what we, we just discussed with Katie Wu and uh, Tom
3: Well, I was listening to, uh, I believe it was BK and Ferrario today, and they were quoting Bill DeWitt III, who was on the Cardinals radio station. Mm-hmm. And uh, paraphrasing here because I don't remember the exact quote and I don't have it in front of me, but he was asked, you know, what's the strategy at this deadline? Are you guys in tear it down mode or are you, you know, are you closer than, you know, you think just a couple of tweaks. Basically, that was the crux of the question. Sure. And what was a head scratcher for me was that the response was paraphrasing again, something to the effect of what well, we're waiting to see what the other teams do and also what the offers are, meaning who comes calling for what player." Sure. But what, I've, what I would have liked to have heard was a very certain mm-hmm. strategy. You don't have to tell me what it is. But you can say, uh, we've had meetings. We know exactly what we're looking to accomplish. If the trades that we're trying to make aren't there, then things may look different than we anticipated. But as of right now, we have a very clear vision as to what the Cardinals will look like the rest of this season and what we're building for next season. Mm-hmm. And we owe it to our fan base. To not go into a full teardown and a full rebuild, we owe to our fan base to put a winner back on the field to finish the season wherever we end up. But certainly next season, the goal is to win the division again. Yeah. Boom. Now your fan base go okay. This is like one of the top dogs. And I understand that Bill with the third was probably trying to just play not coy, but not really try to reveal too much. Mm-hmm. Certainly not trying to reveal that there's any kind of panic or that they're flustered but it worries me that maybe they don't have a complete strategy yet it worries me that maybe they're sitting there going
4: eh, yeah
3: if somebody offers us this for this player i don't know if we'll trade him. like right. that, then the tyler o'neill that little nugget comes out of it like ah, i'm probably going to hang on to him so like then what's the vision yeah because i could see the same thing well you know paul DeYoung, he's been very serviceable for us this year and <laughs> <laughs> but you're laughing, but right. if you're going <laughs> to hang on to Tyler O'Neill, why would you not hang on to Paul DeYoung? Uh, Paul DeYoung's better than Tyler O'Neill right now, yeah. and you know may not get the return you're looking for. Mm. What do you? What is the standard that you're setting? What are you looking for? Right. If you're looking for a one or a two or a three pitcher in a rotation, then yeah, you're not going to get Paul, you're not going to get that for Paul DeYoung. Sure. But if that's the standard, then you're hanging on to Paul DeYoung. <laughs> and this yeah. trade deadline is going to go zooming by. And you'll still have DeYoung, you'll still have O'Neill, you'll have one of Flaherty or Montgomery, and then what? Mm. So I guess, and I guess, I don't know the truth as to what their plan is behind closed doors. Yeah, it's the perception. Right. I want the perception of that my pobo, my ownership group, my manager, they all know exactly what we're trying to accomplish. I don't have to tell you squat, but I can tell you this: we are all in lockstep. Mm-hmm. I just want to feel like, yeah, they got this. Yeah, that didn't make me feel like, yeah, they got this.
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot is being left up to the imagination because, of course, you're you're running a big league club. You're not gonna you're not gonna state come on these airwaves or any other airwaves and say, well, this is our exact plan. We're gonna we're gonna trade Tyler O'Neill here and whoever there because you have to let the market really develop and then then it, because what's going to happen is one pitcher is going to go then the next pitcher is going to go and then you get those greedy teams or those desperate teams not greedy but desperate teams mm-hmm. start to show up like i've been talking about so you don't know really what's going to happen what i hope is happening and i imagine it is jamie is okay here are the teams that might trade for tyler o'Neill since we're talking about him uh, the Yankees might trade for him. The Dodgers might trade for him. These are the teams that are interested in outfielders. Okay, here's the farm system. Here's the cutoff for us. If the Dodgers call us for Tyler O'Neill, here's the prospects we're inter- we're entertaining. If we don't hear that, we can counter. If they don't count, if they don't counter with with anybody on that list, we're moving forward. Yeah, and I imagine that's how it's going to happen. But to your earlier point. You better, you better have some sort of aggressiveness when it comes to dictating your debt. It's your deadline. I realize the market's got to develop here, but you can't just l- allow others to dictate. Because what I think is going to happen is that the Cardinals are just going to, they're just going to sit there, afraid to make a move. I mean, maybe not even afraid to make a move. Afraid to make the wrong move, and are then it's post deadline. You got, you got these assets still sitting there for nothing.
3: But when you talk about players. Like, if Tyler O'Neill, if, the, if their philosophy overall is, we just don't know we're going to get enough for yeah. Tyler O'Neill. Package something in.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Package another player in, a prospect, a higher value prospect, whatever it is, but go get what you need using Tyler O'Neill in that trade. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Tyler O'Neill for pitcher X, Y, or Z. It doesn't have to be that. Because if those pitchers, the, the, teams, the, other, the other teams are saying, go chase yourself. We're not trading this guy for Tyler O'Neill. Okay, fine. Would you trade it for Tyler O'Neill and, and McGreevy? Yeah. Right. Oh, well, now we're getting a guy that could be a big bopper for us in the outfield, has MVP skills, can't stay healthy, but MVP skills. Mm-hmm. And now you're giving me a really good young prospect. I have no problem giving you a number two or number three pitcher. At that point, it makes sense. Go orchestrate the deal. That's what you're supposed to do: is put together deals that other teams will they'll dance with you at that point to get what you want.
2: Yes, that's what I'm saying. You, yeah, you got You have to, to some degree, again. While the market needs to kind of show itself to you, you can dictate things. Who do you want in the Dodgers? Farm hey, just system? go and say,
3: "Hey, I'd like this guy." What's it going to take? Right. Well, it's going to take uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, that's funny. How about Tyler O'Neill and, and whoever. Uh, whoever. Yeah. whoever? Right. Luke Who- and Baker i mean i'm just throwing
2: like sure and who in your farm system is not developing at the pace that you want him to or you have ah you know what this i don't know if it's gonna i don't know if it's gonna happen yeah because other
3: teams or what do you have a surplus of because i've got a surplus of outfielders right i don't need eight outfielders i don't yeah so obviously you know that i'm going to be dealing an outfielder where's your surplus right well, it's uh, you know bullpen arms. Yeah. All right, let's All right. kick the tires. Right. Who you got in there? Yeah. Which you'll already know because you've done your homework. Mm-hmm. But that's what has to happen.
2: Yeah. Uh, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Salter live from Centine Community Ice Center here. It's a Fast Lane on One Hundred and One ESPN. We do have our Sports Six pack next. So if you got a question, send it in. We'll do it next here on One Hundred and
1: One ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately.
6: Asking me all these weird questions.
3: Answer
1: the question. Answer the question? Answer me! The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years.
2: All right, let's head back to our studios where Andrew Marsh is located. We're live at Sensing Community Eye Center for the Blues Youth Hockey Camp. And uh, Marsh has got your questions for the sports six-pack.
6: Question number one. All right, gentlemen, from the 636, Jalen Brown just signed his Supermax five-year, $304 million deal. Do you think Major League Baseball should take on this style of contract structure where you can only gain 140% of your previous contract annual or AAV to help thwart overspending and overpaid market.
3: I don't think this model works for any other league because you have too many players. And so I don't I don't think the model that the NBA has works for any other professional sport. Imagine trying to pay supermax deals in football, supermax deals in hockey, supermax deals in baseball. There's just too many players. Yeah. So I don't think the model works from a standpoint of you'd have too many mouths to feed. Does
2: right. that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, your basketball roster is your out of the four out of the four major sports, their yeah. basketball roster is, is the smallest. So I agree. And I'll just add to it that Major League Baseball doesn't doesn't want any sort of cap. The players don't want it, players of the union does not want it, and the teams don't want it. So I don't I don't think we'll ever see that. And unfortunately, it does lead to, and I'm not saying this is the best policy for on-field competition, but it'll continue to lead to the haves and the have-nots in Major League Baseball, which has been prevalent now for a long time.
1: Question number two.
6: From the 618, would you trade the surplus of outfielders and make Carlson, Newt Barr, and Walker your starting full-time outfield and use Contreras as a catcher slash fourth outfielder when the three above need a day off?
2: Uh, Marsh, you know this I'm not that I'm not that bright. can you can you run that by me again? Yeah, Absolutely.
6: Was- Absolutely. So would you trade the surplus of outfielders that you have make Dylan Carlson, Lars Newtbar, and Jordan Walker the starting full-time outfield moving forward and use Wilson Contreras as a catcher slash fourth outfielder when the other three that I mentioned need a day off.
2: No, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, who are we trading though? We're trading Tyler. So in that case, we're just trading Tyler O'Neill.
6: You're trading O'Neill. You're
3: trading Burleson. Okay, you still have Donovan. You still have yeah. Like, I, I guys, I'm really, really far away from putting Contreras in the outfield. I, I'm too. When's the last time he played outfield, or has he ever?
2: I don't know if he ever has.
3: That's my point the hell you doing? You already have Jordan Walker that's a bit of an adventure out there mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. And now you're going to put Wilson Contreras out there? No, I'm not. A guy that's going to be half motivated to play because he doesn't want to be out there anyways? Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't... That. That's just not happening for me.
2: Yeah, the, for me, the game plan with Contreras, and I would do it as early as the... the after the trade deadline, it would be Contreras is still the 1A to Ivan Herrera's 1B, and Contreras, when he's not catching, is your DH. That's that's how I would operate, and I would operate that, that way all of next year, too. I think that Andrew Kisner, who has been a really good cardinal for you, I know he's, he's, he's one of the hardest-working guys on the team, I think his time has come. I think you trade him. I The Yankees need a backup catcher right now. There's other teams that are going to need a backup we got a guy catcher. named
3: Contreras available.
2: Well, Jamie, I don't think you're going to be able to trade him. But
3: Well, you said a backup catcher. What? Did I say something wrong?
2: In fairness to Contreras, Jamie, he's a DH. <laughs> Go ahead, Marshall.
3: Question number three.
6: Yeah, we, we got a text uh, saying that we talk too much too much Cardinals baseball on this radio station. So this next question from Steven, can Mizzou football win eight, maybe nine games this season? There's a lot of talent in Columbia.
2: Well, let's take a look at the old schedule.
3: I think eight or nine games is probably a little heavy on that one there. Let's
2: take take a look at the, I I saw the schedule a while back, but let me me take a look here again. So eight, what are we shooting for? Eight or nine, Marsh?
6: Eight or nine, yes.
2: Okay, all right, so you got South Dakota, to open up, you should win that one. Middle Tennessee, you should win. Kansas State is is always a, a tougher team, but it's, you're certainly capable of winning that one. You got Memphis at the Dome. You could start five and zero because you got Vanderbilt after that. Your first tough game is LSU, and that's at home. You're at Kentucky. That's a winnable game. South Carolina is going to be better better this season, I think. You know, with Rattler there for another year. Uh, South Carolina is going to be decent, but that could be a, a W. You're at Georgia. That one's tough. Tennessee is going to be tough. Florida is going to be tough. And then Arkansas. So, let's just say South Dakota, one. Middle Middle Tennessee, two. Kansas State, three. Memphis, four. Vanderbilt, five. Kentucky, six. Uh, Arkansas, no. I don't think so. I don't think you win eight games. Because you're going to have to – so, therefore, you're going to have to win either Florida, Tennessee, Georgia –
3: to LSU,
2: I think that's going to be tough for me. For me, before Jamie, I can hop on any sort of Mizzou bandwagon. What? Well, look, I, I like the I like the talent on defense. I like the skill position players that they have. Have they figured out their quarterback spot? And did you iron out any of your offensive line issues from a year ago? Yeah. Because if you can, if you cannot answer those two the last two questions that I posed, you can't you can't talk to me about. Beating LSU, even though it's at home, uh, going into Athens. I know you gave Georgia a hell of a run last year. I, I get that. Georgia is going to is going to look at you differently this year. Tennessee and Florida. I, I don't. I, I can't. I can't get into beating some of these big dogs in the SEC if you can't. If you can't. Have your offensive line fixed and then of course your your quarterback really entrenched and, and you getting good play out of your Q B.
3: Yeah, and I honestly feel like the punter has to take a few steps forward here this year. There the development go. wasn't there yeah. last year and I feel like that the hang time just wasn't there, not giving his coverage team enough time to get downfield. Uh, they're gonna have to really clean that up. Special teams, Jamie. Yeah.
2: Offense, defense, and special teams. Mm-hmm.
3: Special teams, one of the most overlooked aspects uh, clearly. in football.
2: clearly. And uh, the punter, specifically. So, yeah. Nice job. Guy plays a big role. Yeah.
6: Question number four. All right, guys. We had multiple texts come in saying that we are talking too much Mizzou football. So we're going to transition back to <laughs> Cardinals.
4: Uh, from the
6: 636, the Cardinals currently have blank number of starters currently on the roster or in the minors for next season. So this one is a fill in the blank.
3: Like starting pitchers? Or starters. I don't I don't know if I understand the question properly, Anthony. What do you uh, starting pitchers. How, what, starting pitching. Starting, starting pitching, yeah. Uh they've I got two. Uh, two. Yeah. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
2: because I'm not gonna put that on, you know, Michael McGreevy or uh, uh Libertor. Libertor. I'm not gonna put that Hudson. Yeah,
3: yeah. Woodford.
2: I'm sorry, Hudson is not starting for me. What? Woodford's not starting for me. I would seriously entertain Libertor to the bullpen.
3: Help, You're going to have help, to give him another chance, Anthony. I don't care what out. you think right now. Libertor going to get half. a chance.
2: Yeah, go for it, kid. Yeah. Absolutely. But I can't count on Libertor in my rotation next year if I'm trying to compete for – the division title again
3: well if he makes some steps forward like if you see some progress in the second half of this season mm-hmm. you could look at him and earmark him for a number five spot and see how that works out yep. you don't have to give it to him and again if i'm john Mosellock, i'm bringing way too many bodies to the dance for i'm bringing seven starters i don't care yep. the best will make the roster the other two i'll figure it out mm-hmm. because what happened this year is unacceptable agreed question number five
6: from a 314 would it surprise you if Mo actually stood Pat and did not trade anyone and said we just couldn't find the right deals for the club
2: it would not shock me it would it would, would, su- sh- it it would, would shock the heck me. out of
3: me I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked I would be shocked I don't, there's I think no he's way a, he's already on he record gets nervous he's on record saying this players will be traded so something somehow some way.
2: is this a budget thing again. Where, I don't like, know. He, tra- he trades one one minor leaguer. Yeah, like maybe. He- Hennessy Cabrera has already. No, oh, there been we dumped. go. We've
3: already had a trade. Hennessy Cabrera so, onto the Blue Jays.
2: So this is basically a budget deal. This is a, it's the a same same thing as the budget. Maybe where Mo says, "Well, we did trade somebody.
3: Yeah, we did raise payroll. Yeah, we no, did it raise. Didn't. We really did It didn't.
2: No. Uh, he, I mean, Jamie's right. You gotta.
3: I don't think you can do. I don't you think Mo can do mine. that. Like, there's no way. No. There's no way. If I'm wrong, boy, oh boy, uh, that'll be something.
2: Next week, will if if he doesn't do anything at the deadline, next week will be both maddening, uh-huh. frustrating. We'd be we'll be exhausted because we'll we'll be ripping. The yeah,
6: Cardinals
3: basically all text work. line will be overheating. Yep. yep.
1: Question number six.
6: Final question, gentlemen, from the six one eight. Did Saquon Barkley screw the running back landscape even further by signing his deal without having a no franchise clause included?
3: Okay, so this I wanted to talk to you about this, Anthony, and I heard Kerry Davis mention it. But uh, let's let's get into the running back thing because there's I have so many questions following their big Zoom meeting and all this stuff that went on and a lot accomplished there. Saquon doing this deal that we have to. I have questions about the running backs, and I have a lot of questions about Saquon Barkley.
2: We'll do that next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN.
1: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile. The original online jeweler since 1999. That's Bluenile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. Bluenile.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
6: Welcome back to the fast line here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. The guys are getting back to their microphones right now. But we had a question in the sports six pack talking about Saquon Barkley and the whole situation with him and the running backs. And Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants did sign a one-year deal, eleven million dollars with some incentives. And I know Jamie wanted to talk about him and there's of course been so much going on with the whole running back situation Uh, but Jamie and Stalter you guys who are at the Centene uh, Community Ice Center right now you guys had big questions about Saquon Barkley and the deal that uh, was signed today I, I found it really 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 interesting
2: yeah, Marshy. First and foremost, uh, sorry about that, buddy. We we're in the Blues <laughs> alumni. Just uh, we we're looking, ar- we we're looking around. Jamie was showing me. I mean, I've been there before, but Jamie was kind of showing me around. I started to, uh, you know, uh, take some slap shots. Uh, were you uh, trying to clear thing.
6: the puck? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, were- I, was sh- I was
2: showing. I was showing Jamie yeah. the proper technique to how to clear, how to clear a puck. So uh, I, again, we apologize there, Marsh. Thanks for taking. Over. Hey,
6: no, hey, uh, hey. You know what? If you guys are putting the clear at camp. At the forefront of this show, I mean, I respect it.
2: <laughs> yeah, Mars. I respect
6: it. it, Anthony. I mean, yeah, you're 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 taking that 10 year window that we have, and you're you're Short. expediting it.
2: Yeah, darn right, I am, and good good uh, word uh, word choice there, Marcia. Yeah, All yeah right. Well done. So, Jamie, yeah, you, you said that you had a bunch of questions coming off the Saquon Barkley news today. So he he signs a one year deal with the Giants. So instead of signing the the franchise tag, he he just he just inks a one-year deal and I believe Marsh if you have the the thing pulled up in front of you, let me know. But I believe there's an option for a second year. Is that how
3: that was done?
6: Give me one second.
2: All right. Jamie, you a
3: question. Yeah, I have lots of questions, Anthony. Um why first of all, what the hell did they think they're going to accomplish with their Zoom call? Hey, guys, um, all in favor of being upset, say aye. Yeah, right. Aye. Okay, we're all okay. on the same page. Meeting uh, adjourned. Does anybody have a solution? Okay. <laughs> guys, I'm glad we had this talk. Right. Like Now, they may have had the NFLPA on there, and I'm being snarky here, to say the least. But the, I guess I'm snarky about the meeting because the very next day, Saquon Barkley comes out and signs a good deal. 10.1 yeah. guaranteed money, another million dollars for a signing bonus, here. another million dollars in incentives. No, I, I'm testing my memory, oh, Anthony. okay. Uh, I'm staying high here right now. Another million dollars in incentives. Uh, but th- here's the one. Uh, go ahead. You want to tell the deal? Go ahead.
2: It's a one-year deal.
3: Marshy is just worth, foaming at the mouth.
2: Worth up to $11 million. <laughs> Barkley gives himself a chance to beat the franchise tag. He gets a $2 million signing
3: bonus. So that's all. It is. So how does he get a chance to beat the franchise tag? Because that's going to lead me into my next question.
2: Uh, I mean, you know, he he signs. I think it was, I think the franchise tag was ten and a half million. Yeah. So unless. So what do you mean by beat it? it well, that's like, what. Like, that's get what more re- money
3: than the franchise tag.
2: Yes. That's okay. What,
3: so here's where I go now, Anthony. Okay. I want you to pay attention. Okay? Yes, sir. Um, because sometimes you don't. It's a little embarrassing. Times, but. <laughs> For me, more than you. Because I'm like, I'm really not that exciting? No, you are. You you. are. It's me. Saquon Barkley signs this deal. Yeah. His agent and him, they don't knock it out of the park, but they end up producing a higher dollar amount, possibly, than the franchise tag that he was supposed to sign. Mm -hmm. The problem is he's going to be right back in the same friggin' boat next year because he didn't negotiate in this deal that they would not be able to franchise him next year. Mm. So the Giants won big on this. They didn't have to pay him. They end up paying him basically the franchise tag, which is what they were wanting anyways. And now they can just go right back and franchise him. Why the hell did he hold out then? Yeah, Like he hasn't missed a paycheck yet. I get it. But the agent, this was a big misstep. I would say if he reaches certain incentives mm-hmm. that are on here, you cannot franchise him next year. We're going to put that in writing. That there's there's a, a, a measuring stick here that if he hits certain plateaus, you can't franchise him. So now we're back to the table next year for a real contract, or
2: I hit free agency, or I hit free
3: agency, yeah. whatever for a real contract. Yeah, but he didn't do that. So the meeting. Now, when I go back to the meeting, I'm like, what the hell did they talk about? That goes back to what you and I were
2: talking about yesterday. That's why I laughed when I saw, when I saw the headline. I get it. They're, they're going to they're gonna meet. They're going to discuss things. Maybe this is part of the plan. Maybe we'll see Josh Jacobs do something similar. But, Jamie, to, to, your, to your point, first of all, this is, this is why the NFLPA exists, so that they can collectively bargain things when, at appropriate times, so that they, they can fight. Jamie, this is why you had uh, a union. When you were playing hockey i mean these these are the people that are put in place for your best interest but jamie i think moving forward here i think what the saquon barkley deal tells us is that at least one of the running backs said you know what okay guaranteed me 11 million dollars i'll come back we'll see what happens if i get hurt i still get my money if i have a big season you can franchise tag me again next year all right but it's going to be more money because it's the second time you're franchise tagging me Uh and We'll go year to year. I think if running backs take a step back and say, All right, let me do one let me go year to year. I know it's a brutal position in a brutal game. I get that. You want a four or five year deal. However, you want to be Dalvin Cook? You wanna be Ezekiel Elliott? You wanna be Le'Veon Bell?
3: I'll be Ezekiel Elliott. He got paid. He he did. He got paid. How about this? Doesn't have a team right he, now, but he got paid.
2: Okay, but when you look, you're right. What when he look, but he got cut too, so he never saw well, the that's end of that contract. Cal, that, Dalvin Cook, but never the guaranteed
3: saw. money that he got was still guaranteed.
2: Sure, but if you're looking at it, and you're if you're looking at it from the team's perspective, you're saying none of those second deals worked out for the team. The Ezekiel Elliott deal worked out, eh, kind of, not really though. The Cook deal, you didn't you didn't see it all the way through. And then you can go back and look at all the Le'Veon Bell, the Jets, the Jets got nothing for their money. You don't pay the running back the, the, the second contract. It usually doesn't work out. So if you're the running back, you can fight it. You could do your Zoom meetings, but what is that going to do? Because every single time, and I mentioned this yesterday, that Isaiah Pacheco or whoever, Raheem Mozart or any running back that plays for Kyle Shanahan, they go, they go off, and they're an undrafted running back or a seventh-round pick or whatever, and they have big seasons, it does decrease the value for the other big guys. So, Jamie, I guess my overall point is maybe Saquon Barkley and some of these running backs are like, you know what, I'll, I'll, t- I'll go year-to-year. Year. I'll go to year-to-year. To year. I'll, I'll, I'll bake on myself because normally when you go year-to-year, year, you, you get more up front, and teams are more willing to guarantee you that, that one year contract. Yeah, but that's so risky. It's incredibly For risky. That position, but what, are, what are their options? Uh, they don't have any. The Raiders aren't paying Josh Jacobs. The Giants weren't going to pay Saquon Barkley. You're talking about two the, the two two of the best running backs last year in the entire league did not get paid in contracts year contract years. What's the alternative right now?
3: I don't know. It's uh it's a huge problem that the union's gonna have to look at
4: mm-hmm.
3: and what's gonna have to happen is they're gonna have to be another position player that's willing to sacrifice for the running backs. Yeah. That's always what happens in these things. And, you know, the superstars end up having to, they're the ones that carry the biggest voice mm-hmm. because they're the ones that are the best players. And I know that from work stoppages that we had in the past with the NHL, the big stars were the turning point. And some of them didn't care about the little guy. And that's why some of the lockouts were a complete disaster because they didn't care. Some of them did care and were able to change some things moving forward. Now, will guys care enough to take less money for another guy to make more money? That I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. Any walk of life, any business, you're sitting right now listening to the show and you're in sales or you're whatever job you're doing, would you be willing to take less for the guy beside you to take home more?
4: Yeah.
3: (laughs) That's a tough one to answer. Right. You know, they're paid uh, very well, these athletes. And people say, well, what's the difference between, you know, 20 million or 18 million? Two Um, million. (laughs) It's $2 million. And I I understand, but like, so let's just put it in, like, let's scale it down and go, well, what's the difference between making 50,000 or 48,000? You know, it's the same kind of thing, it's a couple grand. So I don't know. I don't see this being rectified in any way possible because the owners don't have to fix it. Right. They, because of what you say all the time, and you're 100% right, that the running back position is a dime a dozen. Find a guy who can run for a year or two. Find another guy who can run for a year or two. Yeah. There's, n- there's no solution to this for the player right, right now. Right. The owners hold all the cards, and they don't have to change anything. They're not doing anything illegal or yeah. wrong. They're not doing the player wrong. Mm -hmm. They're using the system that's in place that has been collectively bargained between the union and the owners. Right.
2: The Chiefs won last year because of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and while Pacheco had a nice year, he still replaced the guy that was a first-rounder. The Eagles got to the Super Bowl last year. The running game looked like Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. They had a a slew of running backs. Saquon Barkley and, and the Giants had a really good year. They made it to the second round of the playoffs and lost. The Raiders didn't make the playoffs last year. The Titans, with Derrick Henry, arguably the best running back in the in the league, didn't make the playoffs last year. I know they made it in previous years, but when was the last time the top, like the top running back, the guy that you you <coughs> have to have for your offense, when did that team win a Super Bowl? I think that's part of the the issue here.
3: So I got another question, Anthony. I know we got to go to break, but just really quick, you should have the answer for me. We're getting a few texts here on the Air Comfort Service text line suggesting that because. He didn't sign the franchise tag this year. He's actually owes the team two years now, franchise. Because he didn't. Because he it? did not sign the franchise tag, so it's just a carryover. So it'd be carryover to next year. Then he'd still have another franchise tag following that because he didn't eat one up.
2: Uh, I don't know
3: about that. I don't know how true that is. The, this is the
2: one-year deal is is an odd end to a contract stalemate that didn't have blah blah blah. Off the, off to look into that. So we can I'll dig into admit, that, but
3: know. some questions on the text line regarding that. And if that's the case, then his agent is a real idiot.
2: Yeah, that that'd be <laughs> rough, man. That I don't understand because you would want to eat up that franchise tag, especially
3: if you you've got a five hundred thousand or eight hundred thousand dollar difference in this deal. Mm-hmm. No, no, Saquon, eat up the franchise year, and we'll figure it out later on. Yeah. All right, it's fast
2: line on one hundred and one ESPN. We wanted to throw this out. Speaking of the tax line, or you know, if you want to participate with in the mic with our mic drop feature on 101 ESPN the mobile app, what what would leave you disappointed when it comes to the MLB trade deadline? We'll talk about that next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
5: Based on what I've seen, the current management do in the past, I just expect to be disappointed.
2: All right, so there's Janet. She's just She just knows she's going to be disappointed regardless. Our question to you, though, if you're listening right now, what specifically would disappoint you about the MLB trade deadline? I don't want to assume, Jamie, that everybody is in the same spot that, that we are and thinking, well, you got to trade the assets that you currently have. If you want to get aggressive, you can. You don't have to, but... Uh, what would leave you disappointed overall? I'm kind of interested to hear what what the mic drops start to pour in. But for you, Jamie, if I would say, all right, August 1st, I believe is next, is a week ago, a uh, week from today, I believe. Let's let's take a look here. It is. So a week from today, trade deadline comes and goes. You and I are on air. Yeah. What's going to leave you disappointed? What what specifically? What would be a disappointing MLB trade deadline for? jamie rivers
3: well to not have some clarity in the outfield and have not picked up any kind of pitching of value like i don't want an a a high a ball pitcher or double a pitcher i want some true triple a prospect pitchers or young already established major league pitchers or even a guy that's got a year or two of team control left but he's a number three Mm. i don't care if they don't if they don't Clear up the outfield and they don't address the pitching, that is an absolute failure.
2: Yeah. I for me it's similar. It's a tepid it's a tepid MLB trade deadline. It's like they trade Jordan. What'd you call me? Uh I called you Jamie yeah. earlier. I call it a tepid, like
3: a lukewarm. Oh, you you found a new word, did you? Yeah. You got that app that's I got like the app. That one word a day that yeah. you can use and feel tepid smart. Today.
2: Right. Wow. Don't ask me to define it, Jamie.
3: It's... Use it in a different sentence.
2: Okay. Um, I feel like your attitude right now is a little tepid. But...
3: Yeah. See, I don't know what it means, so <laughs> it could be anything. As you were, Anthony.
2: Anyways, if if they, if they if they if they go into the deadline, Jamie, and they trade Montgomery, but hold on to Flaherty. If they trade Paul DeYoung but hold on to O'Neal. If they Don't trade Jordan Hicks. And it's like, well, we're going to see what happens. We're going to see if we can re-sign Jordan Hicks and Jack Flaherty. Well, you better because you just passed up a deadline that should give you something to to set yourself up for 2024. So I guess overall what I would be disappointed in is if the Cardinals decide that they're not hearing the offers that they want and they don't roll the dice on trading. I mean, four or five of these guys to set themselves up for 2024. If you're if you're not even marginally better a week from now for 2024, yeah, then that would be a huge disappointment. All right, I think we have a mic drop. From- and we've got
3: some text too. So, okay. Marshy, as you get in the mic drop up. Maybe scroll through some texts as well. I've got a couple here that I've earmarked, but uh, let's get that mic drop. I think I'd be most disappointed in this deadline if
6: the Cardinals didn't choose a clear direction to go. Uh,
3: With redundancies on the roster, with log jams, uh, at least getting a jump start on addressing the pitching deficiencies the philosophical pitching deficiencies as in no swing and miss in the rotation or the bullpen. Um, if the Cardinals just lack that uh, clear direction that they're looking to go in, if they don't accomplish that, that will be a disappointment.
2: You know what? I, I can I can jump on that too. If, if Jacob's right. I think it was Jacob. If, if the Cardinals have the same – if we're talking about the same damn problems – a week from now, Jamie, you got too much. You, the, the roster is still kind of muddled. It's too congested in certain spots. Uh, do you know what you have in Tyler O'Neill? Do you know what you have in Dylan Carlson? I realize some of these questions you can't answer. But if we have more questions than not a, a week from now, nothing has changed then. We talk about it, I feel, I, I have said this the so last two. So you want
3: weeks. perfect clarity as to what the not direction
2: perfect, is? No, but but
3: some. Course, sort- but, okay, so let me, let me reword that you would like it to be very obvious as to what the cardinals were accomplishing at the deadline and what they're going to be looking to do in the offseason yes okay i want a. I want a game plan yeah and here's why the last and, and you don't even have to the cardinals
2: don't even have to define it i just i would like to sit here and say okay i could see it all right I, I understand what they're doing it might not work out but i understand what, I understand what they're doing but jamie the last two off seasons I have said, I have said, maybe even three off seasons. I've said the same thing going in. I've said, eliminate some of your questions. Forget about will they sign somebody big? Will they make the fan base happy? Will you eliminate some of these questions that you have?
3: I feel and like they've ev- added more questions. Exactly. Every, year. every
2: single off season, yeah. they come out of the off season, and we're still like, uh, do you have enough pitching? Do you uh, do you have a clearer situation in the outfield? Who's going to be this? Who's going to be you? You've you're right. You've added to your questions more more so, more so than uh, than you've clarified. All right, let's hear from Michael next.
3: I would be disappointed
6: with this trade deadline if Mo just goes out and acquires "quote unquote" young arms with high upside and end quote that could be in the rotation next year. Because we all know that Mo is a terrible judge of minor league talent, and if he does something like that, it, they're gonna flop.
3: So, essentially giving our players away for nothing—yeah, that would leave me pretty disappointed. Okay, Michael, thank you for the the mic drop. Um, I'm gonna push back on what Michael just said, and I get why he said it because he doesn't believe that John Mozeliak can evaluate the talent properly. Mm-hmm. This is going to be out of Mo's hands. This is going to be Randy Flores. And I listened to Randy Flores on the opening drive just the other day. This guy's got it on lockdown. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's looking for. And the people that, you know, answer to him that are on his scouting staff seem to have a pretty good idea as to what they're doing. I think John Mozalock will lean on Randy Flores. I, Mo is not out there at all the AAA ballparks watching these games. Mo's not on... The uh, the internet watching all of these young AAA pitchers and whatnot, yeah, he'll he'll be provided with a list of guys who are top prospects. I you we can pull that up. Mm-hmm. You're sitting at home listening right now or at the office. You can pull that up, but it doesn't mean you're going to be able to tell who's good and who's bad. Right. So although I. I agree with Michael about you know John Mozeliak maybe not being able to evaluate. This is going to be out of his hands. Once you get past the major league level and you get down to the A ball and even lower or whatever, that's when Randy Flores and his staff are going to have to go to work. Mm-hmm. And, and Randy Flores has proven to me at least that he's a guy that knows what he's doing.
2: Yeah, with all due respect to Michael, if, if we are talking next week about the Cardinals bringing in high upside harms – that's what I want.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's what you're looking for. Cost controlled, young, high yeah.
2: upside arms. But maybe and maybe Michael is just talking about high upside arms from like the AA level. But I that's think it's different.
3: I think what we do, Anthony, is we automatically default to Matthew Libertor. Well, we thought this guy was great. You know, he's supposed to be
4: mm-hmm.
3: this unbelievable pitcher. And, you know, Randy Rosaran is raking, and Matthew Libertor can't even make the big league roster. Okay. True. But the, the St. Louis Cardinals were not the only team that viewed Matthew Libertor as a high-end prospect. Yeah, Several teams, Major League Baseball, several scouting sites, all these places had him ranked very, very high as a prospect. Mm-hmm. Some of this falls ultimately on the athlete, too. The athlete has to continue to develop. And I, I'm sure the Cardinals are trying their best to develop him and, and get him to the next level, but you know I, I think i guess my point is i think that's what a lot of uh, cardinals fans go to right away is recency is well matthew libertor they couldn't identify that right and i, I don't know if that's fair yeah i right uh, you, i don't and, know maybe it, it is fair maybe the next guy they pick up is not good either i but, don't
2: know but you can't you can't stop you can't stop acquiring these pitchers this is why you're in this mess you can't stop no. you can't say well libertor didn't work out so uh
3: we're going to get 12 outfielders.
2: Yeah, and most of them are going to be actually infielders. Mm, so. That's
3: right. Yeah, you can't do that.
2: All right, I know that we got what? another mic drop from Scott. We'll play his uh, at some point throughout the day. I, I love this. I love the what is it going to be, What what is going to leave you disappointed, Jamie, when it comes to mm-hmm. the MLB trade deadline. So, we'll continue to take your mic drops throughout the course of the show. But next, we're going to play Are You Sold here on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on one to ESPN. We're live from Sentin Community Ice Center for the Blues Youth Hockey Camp with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Salter. And let's head back to our studios where Marsh is ready to play Are You Sold? What do you, uh, mean Marsh?
6: All right, guys. Are you sold? And we talked about this uh, a little earlier in the show in our sports six-pack, but are you sold on Jalen Brown being a $300-plus million player?
3: Of course not. No. Oh, congratulations oh, yeah. to Jalen Brown, first of all. Right. Okay? it's good money if you can get it all right it's a good job Good for him. Three hundred million. I just don't know how he's going to make ends meet like that, right. Anthony.
2: Well, you got the agent to pay. You got the boat insurance. I mean, you've got the uh, well. It's not even a boat at that point. It's, I think it's a yacht. yacht. Yeah, yeah,
3: you got. A but yacht you got to staff that yacht. Yeah, you. You know, you the sure upkeep. That, sure. Got to get somebody underneath to scrape the bottom of the boat. Like, right. there's a lot of things you have to think about. That three hundred million doesn't go as far as it used
2: to. Jamie's basically paycheck to paycheck at this point. Jamie Probably. Knows. Yeah. 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 Uh, but no, of course not, uh, Marsh. I, I don't think I don't think it's going to work out at all, in terms of whether or not the value is going to meet the production. It's, mm. No, the you don't think that's no. going to
3: meet it. No. Why do you like that?
2: It's Jalen Brown. He's a good player. I don't think he's somebody that's incredible. He can
3: barely dribble with his left hand. You know what? It's overrated, Marshy. Okay. That's
6: I feel like honest. you kind of need it.
3: How good can you dribble with your left hand? Marshy? I mean. <laughs> I'm not making
6: $300 million and playing in the NBA. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, there you go. I probably just made Do you that ever point. Wor- but... Do you
3: ever work on it with your left hand, Marshy?
6: I use my left hand here and there.
3: Do you? Yeah, it's an odd you know, feeling, isn't it? It is
6: odd. It is yeah, odd because don't I'm have... right-handed, you know?
3: Yeah. You Wait. don't have the same control over the balls when you use your left yeah. hand. Yeah. It's easier with the right hand.
6: What did you say, Stalter? Did you say weight?
2: Didn't you? So you only swing left-handed then? Marsh?
6: Yeah, so I swing... Left-handed baseball, I sure shoot left-handed. Golf, me Always
2: so left-handed, so
3: it's so it's normal. For I'm him. the same way,
6: Anthony. but I write right-handed. I know my dominant Which hand right. is my right hand.
3: My right hand. Think about that for a second. I don't want to. Anthony's brain. You should. You tell me you do all the time. Anthony's brain's in a pretzel right now. No,
2: I know. You said you you have often said too that you throw both hands. I so do. That makes sense. I mm. do,
3: but that's because I trained that way specifically. Right. There was one summer when I was training um, with a kickboxer, Dutch Melzer. was a light heavyweight champion of the world. And he uh, basically, all I did is throw left hand the entire summer. Mm-hmm. So that, that year when I went to training camp, uh, the very first fight I got to, I threw nothing but lefts. And it was a different story because they weren't expecting that. And I was like, ooh, this is fun. Right, yeah. But
2: then board got out so you had to use you had to throw a ball well then
3: you can go you can alternate you can switch it up Anthony you you use either hand at that point there and it's fun for everyone
2: would you vary your stances then Uh, Because you got you got a a, this is this would be the orthodox stance
3: yeah you would start
2: and then this would be yourself I would start
3: normal stance Mm -hmm. and then just throw like one punch with the right but it was kind of a bait so they think you're throwing the right, and you grab with the right and start throwing the left. Mm-hmm. And so they're not grabbing your left, they're grabbing your right. And like, why am I grabbing the right when the left's hitting me?
4: Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a very interesting moment when that happens. Okay. Yeah.
6: The hey. more you
2: know here on 101
6: ESPN. Absolutely. Yeah. Jamie, if you're telling me to use my left hand more, I'm going to do it.
3: You should, Marshy. It's good. Yeah, mix it up. Challenge yeah. yourself for yeah. one thing. For sure. Uh, make the left hand feel uh, normal. Mm-hmm. Don't leave it out.
6: Interesting. Just makes everything better. It sure does. All right, guys. Are you sold on Tyler O'Neill not being traded at the deadline?
2: No.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. I'm not sold on I also wonder, and, and they we're really referencing Katie Wu's tweet earlier today, which does make sense. If the Cardinals aren't going to get what they're hoping for out of Tyler O'Neal at the trade deadline, why don't you keep them and see if the trade offers are better in the off season? You're taking a risk, though, in that in that regard. But I wonder too if it was a smokescreen, Jamie. This is how you use the media, by the way. Yeah. You say, well, you know what? We've fallen in love with Tyler O'Neill all over again. That, you know, handsome stack of pancakes from Canada. It's got Look that at
3: deep soothing voice. Yeah, too. he's
2: a five-tool player. We love this guy. Mm-hmm. We're not trading him. That's how you use the media tell the media that
4: you think anthony you think it matters for tyler o'neill yes really i think it Mm. matters.
2: listen jamie all right i saw at, at centine Mm. i saw a team with a shirt that said every rep matters okay and i think that's a life lesson for all of us it is
3: well said anthony
2: so every tyler o'neill matters okay
3: you think they're smart enough to do
6: a smoke screen because the way that they've handled the entire season and how they communicate to the media and the fans has been kind of crappy, in my opinion.
2: Ah, uh, How do I answer that? I would say, oh, God, no. No, I don't think they're smart enough to uh, manipulate the media <laughs> in a good way. What? I think they're, quite <laughs> frankly, too honest. Sometimes.
3: Mo loves the media. What? I know it You does. can tell. Yeah. When he has to sit down with the media, he's really, really happy about it. hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
6: All right, guys, it appears that Brock Purdy is cleared and ready to go. Are that you is. sold on Brock Purdy being the same guy that you saw last year towards the end of the season?
3: No. Of course I am. For what, half, one half of football? till he goes to throw that ball and somebody gets their arm up and stuffs him.
2: You're talking about if he, get, if he if he basically rips no it, the, oh, the muscle off the tendon again yeah oh, then no I don't think he's gonna be all the that's safe, gonna right? happen
3: is that somebody just has to re- cause a resistance in the throwing and it's gonna go again and then he's gonna be done
2: if he stays healthy though
3: okay Anthony if Tyler O'Neill stays healthy he's an MVP.
2: Okay, Brock Purdy got hurt once. Tyler yeah, Reeves it was a big injury. Times. He
3: basically was told he should have Tommy John, and he said, no, I'm smarter than everybody else in this room. I'm not doing it.
2: I'm rooting for Brock Purdy. So am season. I. The pride of Iowa oh, State. Oh,
3: shocker. A Bay Area team again. Oh, stop it. Does it ever end for you? Hey, Jamie. At what point do you get sick of being a San Francisco hey, fan? Jamie. San Jose, Giants, 49ers, Alcatraz. <laughs>
2: I love Alcatraz. <laughs> have you taken the tour? I have. have you taken the night tour. It's uh, incredible. Whoa!
3: You got a special night tour? Yeah. What'd you do to get that? I don't Just think go it's at night. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do you think have to it's commit to a real the public. public. <laughs> it's not oh, open. baby. I did.
2: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Do they not handcuff you and then travel and then take you?
3: Over no. There? Did they make you shower oh, too? Geez. Did <laughs> they put you what, with the fire hose? What kind of Aaron wow. Rodgers retreat were you on? Ooh, duh. Oh, wow. The ayahuasca really got the best of that night. I'm gonna
2: call my lawyer. Things. Did you take the Alcatraz tour? Yes, I did.
3: How small were those cells? I was a little like taken aback.
4: Yeah,
2: that place is awesome. And I was in the
3: cell because I was visiting. Okay, I wasn't in there for any other reason. It's closed. It's yeah, it is. The prison. I'm not even that old to be. Yeah. You know, back in there but it was it was a little surprise to see how small the cells were yeah definitely mm-hmm. i'm just
2: shocked that anybody was able to escape from that place
3: well they did anthony
2: we got shark infested waters out there on the bay
3: no wonder that you went sh- there
4: you know what that is <laughs> awesome
3: you know
2: what marsh <laughs> <laughs> I am a very vindictive person, and at some point in this show, I will get you back.
3: You'll do nothing.
2: And it's gonna be terrible. And uh. I want you to feel real bad about it. Okay?
6: So I'm looking forward to just it. Just
3: throwing that. Just throwing that. I out. think whatever he comes at comes at you with, Marsh, he was well worth it for that.
6: I agree. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, actually that's that's uh makeup for yesterday when you didn't apologize to me. <laughs>
2: I didn't feel like huh. I needed to.
6: Well, that's the repercussions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you got me back with a sharks joke.
6: Yeah, it was a
2: fact, really. A very
6: family-friendly joke.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, we will continue to take your mic drops. What would leave you disappointed at the MLB trade deadline from the Cardinals' perspective? Also, would moving things along quicker f- with Tink hence would that be a good thing or a bad thing? That's next. I want to use ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101
4: ESPN.
6: I think the worst thing that the Cardinals could do at the trade deadline or going forward would be to just take a stance of, oh, hey, we think we still have enough talent, so we're not going to make wholesale changes. We're just going to tow the line and try to reshuffle. I think they need to commit hard one way to another, whether it's to uh, bolster the current roster as much as they can. If they're going to do that, commit to it. Or if you're going to rebuild, commit to it. Don't walk the middle and don't get yourself stuck in a situation where you don't do enough either way and you're in the same spot
0: next year.
2: Couldn't agree more with Scott. That was Scott who left us a mic drop. I, I absolutely, Jamie, I agree wholeheartedly with what Scott just said. if you're going to toe the line, you're going to play that you're going to be in the middle, it's exactly what we have talked about throughout the course of the last month or so. I firmly believe Jamie that the Cardinals are a team that is that are is painfully above average. they're, they're, they're just they're, they're unwilling to make some of those wholesale decisions to you know get into the same conversation as the top teams in the, the national League. They're very comfortable. They're very content, and they have been for a while. Uh This has been the aberration. This has been the year that has, that has knocked them, knocked them down, and said, "Hey, what you're doing, is not working. What you're doing really hasn't worked for a while because you weren't on the same page as the Dodgers. Not even close. Not in the same hemisphere. Same thing now with the Braves. Who, in my opinion, that's the best team in the National League right now. So can we just pause,
3: man? Let's just pause on the Braves again. Just it's a juggernaut with a capital J." what they've done is a masterpiece yes now of course this is um, banking on all of these guys being very good for an extended period of time i think that they've done a great job of evaluating that mm-hmm. so have they you know have they overpaid for certain years of the cost controlled years yes maybe yes probably but They've also got these guys locked down. The Braves are a team that they won't have any like rotation or action. Like this is the team. This is the team. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it at all.
2: Not when your lineup is Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albie's, Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Sean Murphy, Travis D'Arnaud, uh Marcelo Zuna, Arcia, and Rosario. Yeah, no, I. I'm with you, Jamie. Hundred percent on that. They have built what'd you call it, a masterpiece? Yeah. They've painted a masterpiece. You're absolutely right on that. Now, the 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 pitching, I think to some degree, leaves a little to be desired. Spencer but they got an ace, they got Spencer Strider, and they have filled in the gaps with guys like Charlie Morton. Uh-huh. And Charlie Morton's been very good. He goes tonight. The, the Braves the Braves are the team to beat in the national league, again, in my opinion. As kid some kiddos look, look in the, the glass here. Uh, at Sensing Community yeah. Center, but Jamie, going back to what Scott said in his mic drop, I too would be disappointed if, and this kind of goes back in in line with my, I want there to be a clear vision. I want I want to know what what the game plan is, at least through the decisions that Mo makes next week. I want there to be a defined. This is this is what we're doing and how we're doing it, as opposed to, oh, we'll see. We'll see see with Tyler O'Neill. We'll see with Dylan Carlson. We'll see with Harrison Bader. And we'll see with. Stop. Stop. Make an evaluation. Go with that team and then try to improve upon it. My thought. Now, Tink Hence. I know, Marsh, that you. If we can bring Marsh back in here. Uh, Marsh, I know that you had a thought about Tink Hence. What was your thought there?
6: Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh, of course, he's been he's been dominating at AA right now, and uh, I was wondering if Tinkins is a player that the Cardinals maybe expedite to the major leagues. Maybe when you see like the time, let's just say like Mason Wynn, for instance, we we all believe that Mason Wynn should be with the Cardinals in the back half of the season. I guess you could say the same thing for team Kent's going to Triple-A. Should the Cardinals move him up to Triple-A and then maybe have him ready for next year? Or have we seen this team sort of take pitchers that had a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, a lot of hype behind mm-hmm. them, and they maybe had them in the rotation or had them pitching in the majors to... uh too quickly and it sort of hindered their development
2: i think that tink hence should be viewed in in the vacuum of tink hence i don't think that tink hence should be viewed in what the cardinals need right now because that is how you sc- you wind up moving a player too quickly and it could backfire for you on you for for years to come if tink Hens is ready to make an astronomical jump from where he is now to the big leagues, let's say, next year, that's a different conversation. If Tink Hens shows you that, yeah, he's he's one of these rare, rare players, such as Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker's rare. Normally you don't see a 20-year-old, and I know he's 21 now, but at the start of the year he's 20. Make that jump to the big leagues and make it as as seamless as Jordan Walker has has made it seem. If Tink Hentz is not that type of player, Jamie, mm-hmm. then you just got to allow him to continue to develop, wait till he's ready. You can't force the issue because you screwed up with your pitching staff.
3: Yeah. Um, I I do agree overall. But do I think that if Tink Hence is pitching well September-ish, what does it hurt? What does it hurt to call him up and – Start him. Well, what does so it hurt? You're
2: talking about you're talking about a cup of coffee, not necessarily bringing him up forever.
3: Correct. Yes. What does it hurt? That's fine. Nothing. Like, even if you do a, a bullpen game, mm-hmm. Tink Hans, you're putting him out there two to three innings, yeah. an opener, basically. Get him up there. Major league batters. Let him start a game. So he goes like, one through four, five, you know, right away. Like, he gets the top hitters in his first couple innings. Maybe you let him go through the order once. Yeah. And who knows? What if he's pitching pretty good? Give him another inning. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, I'm why with not?
2: That. I'm with you. I'm and with if you.
3: he gets destroyed, there's no harm, no foul. Who cares? Well,
2: he's going to be in AAA next. He's
3: going to be in AAA next year. Yeah. But I think it's a good reward for the player. A little bit of a carrot out there, and I think it also lets you see where you're at mm-hmm. with this guy. Now, I'm not talking like one spot start. I'm talking like give him a couple of these two to three inning starts. Who cares? Yeah. After the trade deadline, if you're going to plug in a 35-year-old journeyman that you just stuck in Memphis, to, why not have the journeyman sitting there waiting for whenever you're done with Ting Henson that game? Yeah, Give him a couple starts. Yeah. Let him see what he's got.
2: It reminds me a little bit of what they did with Alex Reyes a couple of years ago. I remember him making a start. It was either a piggyback situation, whether he came in second or he started the game. But he was kind of on the cusp, and they're like, all right, here we go. Now, Ting Henson would be a bigger jump. Uh, but it's it's not unlike what you're talking about how what they do with Alex Rays. just I feel like why not it's fast lane on 101 ESPN. we've got the gauntlet next
1: and we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by Doms tyre and auto centers on 101 ESPN three warriors four categories one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet?
0: Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com.
2: Welcome back to the Fastlane. It's the uh, gauntlet time here. 4.03. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers an officially licensed Rolex Jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stelter live from Centene Community Ice Center today. And uh, Andrew Marsh is going to have to take over basically for us today, Jamie, because we while well, we have the gauntlet and Matt is going to be our contestant, we don't have the the launch codes, we don't have any questions, yeah. we have nothing because we're we're on remote. Today. Well, we didn't want to
3: compromise the integrity of the game too. That's right. If we're traveling around with launch codes, you know how our listeners are. Someone would see us out in public Absolutely. and try to tackle us What's and steal the
2: them. Is it the gauntlet? They want
3: the answers. Yeah. All right. So first and foremost,
2: let's welcome in Matt. What's up, Matt?
3: Hey, how you guys doing?
2: We're doing great. Uh, your your first choice is going to be somewhat uh, depleted here. You're going to have either Jamie or myself when it comes to the gauntlet. No Marsh because it's he's he's the one with the questions. So, would you like to take on Jamie or myself today?
5: Uh, I think I'll go with you, Anthony. Uh, we have a common okay. weakness in hockey, so okay. I think I'll
2: take my pick <laughs> too. Sounds good. All right, Matt. Uh, good luck to you, man.
3: Thanks. You too. Thanks. All right, Anthony, uh, we don't have a cone of silence, but Anthony's going to head out into the hallway here outside of the studio where he can peek in and see us, but he certainly can't hear us. Uh, and on that note, Matt, what we're going to do is I'm going to have you tell Marshy to go ahead and spin that wheel. Marsh, spin that wheel.
6: Gentlemen, you can't make it up. You cannot make it up. No way. Hockey.
3: Oh my gosh. Is Wonderful. today's
6: category.
3: All right, Matt. You got your uh, you got your kryptonite here, but guess what? Good news. It's an Anthony's kryptonite as well. So um, hopefully that works to your advantage. Now here's how it's going to work. Is we've got four questions. Each question's worth two points. Now it's only worth one point if you use the options and get the question correct. And obviously, if you get it wrong, you get it wrong. So on that note, uh, I'm going to hand it off to Marshy. Good luck, Matt.
6: Thank you. All right, question number one for you. Before Tyler Bozak, who was the last Blues player to wear the number 21?
3: Uh, Let's go with Patrick finally final answer. All right, Matt. Question number two. Who was the last Blues player to score a goal in the playoffs? I'll take the options on that one. All right. Was it Braden Shen, Jordan Kyrou, or Ivan Barbashev? Uh, Let's go
5: Kyrou. Final answer.
6: And for those wondering, you're probably thinking, wow, how did Jamie get the questions? Well, mobile phone. Technology. Technology. Question number three, who won the Norris Trophy this past season? Uh, I'll take the options. Your options are Eric Carlson, Victor Hedman, or Cael McCarr?
3: Uh, Let's go, Headman. Final answer. All right, Matt. Final question here today. The Blues open up the regular season on the road against which team on October 12th? Uh, Let's go with the options one more time. Sure. Is it the Dallas Stars, the Seattle Kraken, or the Columbus Blue Jackets?
5: Yeah, I was
3: thinking the stars, so I'll, I'll take the stars, final answer. All right, let's see here if I can track Anthony down. Oh, there we got Anthony. All right, Anthony making his way back in here. Matt, how do you feel? Uh, Not great, cautiously optimistic. Not great. Okay, all right, Anthony's plugging his ears in here. Um, right. Anthony, I'm going to have to... Prob- I- You're going to lose me on the YouTube channel right now because I'm going to distance myself over here so Anthony can't see the questions or the answers. Oh, do you have the questions? Yeah, technology, Anthony. Look at you. Marshy, DJ Marshy Marsh. Okay. All right, Marshy, uh, you want to tell Anthony here what he needs to do? Anthony, you better pack a lunch. All right. Mm -hmm. Marshy, go ahead with question one.
6: All right. Before... Tyler Bozak, who was the last blues player to wear number 21? Who was the last? The last. The last one? The last. Sorry, the last.
3: Grammar police
2: is here again. Yeah. The whammer police? (laughs) Patrick Berglin, final answer.
3: All right, Anthony, question two. Who was the last blues player to score a goal in the playoffs?
2: Who was the last blues player to score a goal, you say. Well, that would have came against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, boy, I do not know. I could take a shot in the dark, but can I have the options, please?
3: Uh, was it Braden Shen, Jordan Kyrou, or Ivan Barbashev?
2: I wasn't. I don't think it was Barbashev. Well, it might have been. Barbashev, Shen, or Cairo, who scored against the Avalanche in that last game. I think it was Barbashev, actually, now that I think about it. I'll go with Barbashev, final answer.
6: Question number three. Who won the Norris Trophy this past season?
2: Uh, I have an idea, Marsh, but can I have the options, please? Is
6: it Eric Carlson, Victor Hedman, or Kale McCarr?
2: I believe it was Victor Hedman. That's who I was thinking of before. Probably should have rolled with it. So, Victor Hedman, final answer.
3: All right, Antoine, final question of the day. Question number four. The Blues open up the regular season on on the road against which team on October 12th? Should have studied that schedule, Jamie. I, I'm telling you what, I was cramming that the other day. Yeah, darn it. <laughs>
2: um, I don't know. Can I have the options?
3: Yes. Is it Dallas Stars, Bowie and the Seattle Kraken, or the Columbus Blue Jackets?
2: Why don't we go with uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, final answer. Total guess on that.
3: All right. Let's go over these. Marshy, I'll read them off. You give me the answers, okay? Absolutely. Okay, so question, uh, let's go with question number three. Who was the Norris Trophy? Who won the Norris Trophy this past season? Uh, Matt, you took the options and said Victor Hedman. Anthony, you also took the options and said Victor Hedman. answer is... Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson. Woof, tough one there. 0-0 after one. Let's bounce up to question number one. Before Tyler Bozak, who was the last Blues player to wear number 21? Matt, you said Patrick Berglund. Uh, Anthony, you said Patrick Berglund. The answer is? It's Patrick Berglund. Neither of you needed the options. Nice
2: job, Matt.
3: 2-2 after two. two. Let's go to question number four. This one was real easy. <laughs> the Blues open up the regular season on the road against which team on October 12th? Matt, you took the options. You said Dallas Stars. Anthony, you took the options. You said those Columbus Blue Jackets. Answer is...
6: The Dallas Stars.
3: Oh, Dallas Stars. Max, nice Matt, job. up three to Total two. Headed, <laughs> headed into... <laughs> The last question. I
2: thought Dallas was too, too obvious. Yep. I'm like, ah, oh, I'll just go with the non-off. Sure point.
3: was. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number two, the final question of the day. Who was the last Blues player to score a goal in the playoffs? Matt, you took the options and said Jordan Kyber. Anthony, you took the options and said Ivan Barbashev. If Anthony's right, we got to walk off. If Matt is right, He's the winner today. Uh, and if it's Braden Shen, Matt still wins today. Marshy, answer is. Jordan Cairo. Jordan oh, Matt. Wow, Matt!
1: You have chosen <laughs> wisely.
2: Nice job, Matt.
5: Lucky cast.
2: Come on! You said it, you didn't like hockey, or you didn't know hockey, and you take three of four. You're a you sandbagging he son of a. He was. Nice job, Matt! Congratulations.
5: Thank you, thank you. All
2: right, so you'll take on Jamie tomorrow. Sound good?
5: All right. Hopefully, I don't get hockey again.
2: <laughs> I hope <don't> you do. <laughs> there you go. Congrats, Matt! Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. I right, appreciate it. Have a good one. You thank too. you. See you. Boy, I felt okay after that Patrick Berglund one.
3: You came yeah, out swinging, good. Anthony. Okay, yeah, good. you did. Now, yeah. the the schedule question, that's that's, that's, gotta that's a luck one it, there, it, I think. It also should be a layup. I should
2: know who they open against. but
3: Anthony, a lot going on with the Cardinals. I'm going to be honest with you, okay? Yeah. Do you want the mics off? Yeah. Marshy, turn the mics off, please. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Okay. Arthur, off. Thank you. Talk, um, to talk to me. So had I been asked that question? Yeah. I didn't know either. Okay. All right. Now. I wouldn't have said the Columbus Blue Jackets, but Dallas I mean, was kind of. I'm not that. But Dallas was kind of obvious, right? You're usually going to answer a team in their conference, right? But yeah. that's, that's what I was thinking. Not I, their division necessarily, but the conference. Sure, yeah. So I probably would have been toggling between the Krakens and, and yeah, Dallas, that, but yeah. I didn't know either. Okay, well, that's tough. <laughs> Chief's listening? Chief's listening. <laughs> what the hell's going on? Oh, guys, I turned the mics back on, by the way. So, oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. Chief. Now, yeah. now Chief's going to be disappointed in me. No, he,
2: <laughs> he gets it. He may not know, you know?
3: Oh, he knows. Okay. He probably, knows. Yeah. He's had that thing circled since the end of last season. <laughs> I'm sure. Or whenever they announced it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably not that long ago. All right. Uh, we appreciate Matt. Matt's going to be back with us tomorrow, and again, he'll take on Jamie Rivers. I saw I saw one of the, uh, the Rivers... Children outside there when I was at large, the the Missouri
3: Sasquatch. I
2: went with, yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw Haas. Oh, my God, he looked a little tired. He's been, he's been, uh, working this camp,
3: yeah, this week. Yeah, he's a coach here with us. This is day two. He looks drained. Well, Haas is getting over. He was in a car accident. Oh, no, yeah, obviously, he's fine walking around, yeah, Uh, but he was jarred up a little bit. He's got a little bit of a high ankle sprain, so Haas hasn't been able to get on the ice. I won't let him get on the ice because of a little high ankle sprain. So he's been doing the off-ice stuff with the kids and basically dragging them from spot to spot to spot okay, to spot. so he's drained. It's great birth control, I yeah. think, Anthony. <laughs> I don't want any of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, good
2: call. All right, it's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Glad he's okay, though. That's, yeah, he is.
3: He is. That's why I wanted to preface that. Yeah. Like. He's
2: here. He's working. He's okay. Yeah, he's he, he like I said, he just looks a, little, looks a little tired. I asked him a question, and there was nothing there. Just blank. Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I get that a lot from him. From all my children, actually. Mostly when I ask them to do something. Yeah, it makes sense. Just blank. Blank. Sure isn't blank when they want a door dash or something. Do not compute. Yeah. Right. Hey, Dad, I need gas. You're the best. (laughs) How you doing, buddy? Want to watch TV?
2: (laughs) What the hell?
3: Who are you? No, leave me alone.
2: If the cards intend to compete in 2024, who stays? And is one of those players, Tyler O'Neill. That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
4: on 101 ESPN.
1: A run scoring situation. Late. That ball hammered deep center. At the track, at the wall, that ball is high off the batter's eye. A mammoth home run for Goldschmidt. It's
2: 2-0 Cardinals here in the first. Chip Carey on the call last night as the Cardinals knocked off the Arizona Diamondbacks 10-6. Big night for Paul Goldschmidt, who hit a home run against his former club and then also hit the game-tying uh, run-in or the, the had the game-tying RBI when it came to the top of the ninth, scored on the Tyler O'Neill double, and the Cardinals again went on to win 10-6. to I want to go back to what Katie Wu tweeted earlier today, Jamie. So this was this, was this morning. She tweeted out the Cardinals, and this is coming off of her, her article at The Athletic. Katie tweeted, the Cardinals have a decision to make regarding Tyler O'Neill and how he fits into their long-term plans. As for now, however, it doesn't appear the Cardinals are inclined to move him at the trade deadline why uh why you ask o'neill's lengthy injury history has significantly lowered the value of his hypothetical trade return and john Mozeliak, who is looking to field a competitive team for 2024 isn't selling off talent just for the sake of doing so i i completely understand that if you're john Mozeliak and you're not going to get anywhere close to the return on investment that you're hoping for for tyler o'neill why not maybe just ride this not, thing out for, for a little bit now why? i would trade him but why i because if you don't if 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 the i don't know the dodgers say hey we're going to give you a, a low low yeah. a prospect for tyler o'neill that's yeah. got no no future that's why it kind of depends on the market i think it's time to move on regardless i do too you you know my thoughts on this right i know but
3: okay. i just I, I still don't see a universe in why you would play it out why you wouldn't. I know, but like even if your are John
2: Mo's. From I- from Mo's perspective. Yeah. Because Mo can't move on from certain players. Yeah. He can't. He's. Look, I mean, he's. He's looking to see if you know what what they have for for Tyler O'Neill. Okay. Well, what do we have in him? Could he be the MVP guy that he was a couple of years? I would eliminate that. I would make him somebody else's problem. And and maybe that's a little harsh. I would make him somebody else's challenge. Yeah. Go for it. I hope you do well, man. But I got to get something for you in return right now because I have to build a competitive team. But my question to you is: if assuming the Cardinals are looking to compete in twenty twenty four, and why mm-hmm. wouldn't they? Who else stays? Who what else do you mean stays? in the outfield? No, no, it, on the team. Who mm-hmm. do they not move on from at the deadline? Because I think you can kind of eliminate certain oh, guys of the, of the, based um, on this question.
3: The ones that we've earmarked to trade. Yeah. Who who do they keep? Mm-hmm. None of them. So, <laughs> oh, am I thinking like me or am I supposed to be Mo? I don't know.
2: This is always the trick. This is always the trick. It question. is because let's, let's think like us.
3: Then nobody's staying. Every I mean, single guy that I've talked about is gone. What about Dylan Carlson? For the right price. Okay. If I, now that's the one I dig my heels in a little bit. If mm-hmm. I don't get the return that I'm wanting or anticipating, then I don't move on. I don't move them. I don't need to move them. Yeah. I feel like I need to move Tyler O'Neal. And I need to get something for Monty. I need to get something for Flaherty. I don't need to move on from Paul DeYoung, but I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Um, and who else do we have in that mix? Juan We're Yepes. Going, Fla- Monk, I mean, Fla- yeah. Is Yepes a throw-in? But the, Okay, but Juan Ye- Stop there for a second. Juan Yepes is a throw-in for me. Meaning, like, he has power. For some lineup out there, that doesn't have that ability, like some of these lower teams, like if you're looking to go and make a trade with a team that is yeah. not a contender, yeah. that has some pitching that you're valuing, you move O'Neal and Yepes together, that's a lot of pop for a team.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: The potential home run power of those two guys is a lot. Yeah. It sweetens the pot a little bit. So I'm uh, I'm of the the frame of mind of that every person that we've talked about is gone. Mm-hmm. They have to be.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it, it is tricky when we start to play the con, when we start start to play the game of, well, are we talking or is or is Mo talking? And I think just for simplicity's sake, for for those that are listening, since these are the words coming out of our mouths, I, I think that we should just talk about what we would do. What I would do is I would I would look to get at least two starters that will be in my rotation for the rest of this year and next year. Now, some people may hear that and say. Well, you're not going to get an ace. Anthony, you're not going to get an ace. Jamie, I understand that. I'm looking to get young starting pitching that is either at the big league level right now, filling in. The Dodgers are using some of these guys to fill in right now. They may need to trade one or two of those guys, Sheehan or Grove, to get what they need to make a run at a World
3: Series. Well, they're going to add Otani, so they don't have to worry about that.
2: They'll add Otani in the offseason, absolutely. Yeah, he's going to be a (laughs) ranger. He's going to be a ranger or a ray uh, this year. But when it comes to the deadline, I I have a collection of players that we continue to talk about, Jamie. What I need to do is get two starters out of that group. Yeah, I know. Two young cost-control starters out of that group. That might be my four and five next year, but they're going to be in my rotation. If I can do that, that to me is a win at the deadline. You may have to group some of those players together. You may have to, you know, you may have to put Montgomery with Chris Stratton, or you might have to put Jordan Hicks with Jack Flaherty to get to get starters that I can use for next year. But I want two guys out of that out of that group, and if I can keep Carlson, I want to keep Carlson because at the very least. I would rather have Dylan Carlson as a four next year. I th- I want him to start, but I I, I want him to at least a four as opposed opposed to roaming the Dodgers' outfield, winning a World Series with them. So that's my that is my that would be my goal my game plan for the deadline. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, it's the Fast Lane on One Hundred and One ESPN. Appreciate everybody tuned in. We're live from Centene Community Ice Center right now. We got a uh, we, we saw a prediction piece earlier today uh, uh, for the NFL that I thought was kind of fun, an early prediction piece. Those are always fun. What stands out to us negatively or positively? We'll, we'll get into that next on One Hundred One ESPN.
4: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast,
1: presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred One ESPN.
2: from Centene Community Ice Center. I'm Anthony Stalter alongside Jamie Rivers. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. And uh, our guy Swan had sent us a uh, USA Today predictions for divisional predictions for the NFL. And I, I always think that these are kind of fun. Let's play what What surprised you. And Marsh, you're with us too, right? Uh, of
6: course. I, I looked side. at the NFC North. ha, <laughs> ha.
2: So let's start there the nfc north has got jamie's detroit lions at 11 and six yeah they do every other team is seven and ten for the usa today seven and ten for the bears seven and ten for the packers seven and ten for the vikings how upset are you uh (laughs) that they they accurately predicted what your vikings are going to do
6: all right first of all you're telling me that the vikings who just won the division last year are going to have the same record as the bears who Okay, yeah, they have Justin Fields. Great, and he ran all over the place last year. That doesn't prove me anything. The Bears have been a terrible organization for years now. So I'm not going to group them in with the Vikings. The Packers just lost Aaron Rodgers and have Jordan Love, and everyone was making fun of them because they have (laughs) no idea what they have in him. The only team that I could say that can compete with the Vikings this year, in my opinion, are the Lions, and I do not believe the Lions are going 11-6. Maybe 10 and 7, 11 and 6. No, no way. And the Vikings definitely aren't going 7 and 10. They might miss the playoffs, as I've stated previously and on a different uh, show, but 7 and 10 and in last place, get real.
3: Uh, You know what, Marsha? I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think they've got the Lions wrong. I think they're going to go 12 and 5. Get out of here. I don't know about your Vikings. I actually thought that they were pretty kind to your Vikings based on what I've seen, you know.
6: You're grouping them with the Commanders, the Panthers, <laughs> who just, by the way, were one of the worst teams in football last year. You think they're making that big of a jump? The Rams, 7-10. and 10. Moving and shaking, Marshy. This is, this is insane. This is insane. <laughs>
3: so angry right now.
6: I am insane. I, I'm I'm looking out for all the people that go to Cybergs every Sunday and cheer on this team.
2: You're the voice of the people.
6: I just, I mean, my goodness. Let's just move yeah. on. I'm I'm done. Thanks, Swan. Thanks for ruining my day.
3: Oh, March. you can't attack Swan. No. Hey, all what's right. wrong with you? I,
6: you're right. I actually, let me blame USA Today Sports. They're the ones that put this together.
4: There you yeah, go. There.
2: Yeah, this there was uh, this was supposed to be a fun exercise, Marsh. All right, I I don't think that what they have we're talking about like what's surprising. I don't think the Lions winning the division would be surprising. I do agree with you, Marsh. That I think people are getting a little ahead of themselves, thinking that this was gonna this is gonna be some cakewalk this year for the Lions. So their defense is still in shambles, and they and they just suffered a massive injury as well. So I think that when it comes to you know like looking at Detroit and them taking the next step, I could certainly see it, especially in a in what could be a down division. But to assume that the Lions are going to win eleven games this year, I think I think is is a bit is a bit steep. I think they're too low on Green Bay. What? I think that Jordan Love could play closer to average than people think, and if he's slightly above average, that defense is pretty good. The running game is good. And they've got a couple of young weapons, Walker being the, the the main guy there. That that could surprise a little bit. I don't. I'm not. I'm not ready to buy full full in on the Bears. I think they'll be better than they were a year ago. But until we see that Justin Fields can can pass, I think they're a huge question mark as well. Uh, so the Lions being 11 wins, I think that's the surprise in that division. Jamie, for you, when you look at these predictions, what really stands out to you, one way or another?
3: Um. Well. The Broncos are up a little higher than I thought. Uh, I, I didn't see the Raiders going three and fourteen with this prediction. did yeah, they be a little bit better than that? Is um, that the
2: word? That I think that's no. Um, no the, the Cardinals, Cardinals two, and 15, two and fifteen, which makes sense. Yeah, the box are bad, but not. I I don't think the Raiders are going to be worse than the box. I, I think I think they're being a little harsh on the
3: Raiders. Yeah, and I don't I don't know why. Maybe I'm crazy, but. Like, I just, I'm not sold on the Jets. I'm not sold on them being 12 and 5. I'm not either. Like, I don't know that the Aaron Rodgers effect is that much. Like, like, don't get me wrong. The Aaron Rodgers effect, as opposed to Zach Wilson and everything they had last year. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big difference. But 12 and 5 difference? Like, I was thinking, you know, a couple games above 500. I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't think they do either. 12-5 and five is ridiculous I just, to, to me. It's mind-boggling. They, they still have some offensive
2: line issues. Yes, the defense is good. Yes, if Brees Hall is back, the, the running game could be good. But Brees Hall, as of right now, we don't we don't know if he's going to be back. And Aaron Rodgers didn't – I've been saying this since last year. Aaron Rodgers didn't play well last year. You can't just blame the the rookie ride, wide receivers for everything. He wasn't good in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Wasn't good on third downs, wasn't good in the red zone last year. And I'm talking about for the most, the most of the year. There, there, there may have been a spurt when the team was playing a little bit better that you could point to and cherry pick. But overall, his play would, wasn't as good as what I think people are expecting it to be with the Jets. Not to mention, you still got to play Buffalo twice. You still got to play Miami twice. And while you know everybody's kicking New England while it's down, it's still Belichick and company. So, I, oh, I and think he
3: lo- he loves to beat the Jets. He, he certainly does. So,
2: yes, he certainly does. So. I, th- I think the Jets, I think they've got the Jets too high. I think they got the Chargers too low at 7-10. and 10. I could see the Broncos challenging for a playoff spot because that's how much I believe in Sean Payton. And I think Sean Payton is going is to take Russell Wilson by the hand and say, hey, do you want to win games or do you want to be a buffoon and, and, and call your own shots? Sean Payton's not going to allow what Russell Wilson did a year ago. So I think that the Broncos are going to be a more focused and a better overall team top to bottom this year. But I think the chargers at seven and ten
3: is is that's a big, weird is a i have to, reach i had them making the playoffs this year i know you have no faith in their coach but
2: i don't but i have a I have
3: that, that roster's pretty damn
2: good i have the utmost faith in justin herbert though like that roster's pretty good the roster's good they got they brandon staley i don't i don't think that he knows really really what he's doing now tougher schedule because they got they're gonna have the chiefs uh twice and, I, and again i think the broncos are gonna be All better right. But what
3: about the Steelers at eleven and six? I think the Steelers—that's a big, that's a big jump. That's a huge jump.
6: Who the hell is making this list? Whoever made this list is very hype happy. They have all the hype. They're very hype happy. Oh, the Broncos get a new coach, ten and seven. Really? (laughs) Really? You know, you have the Steelers. Oh, Kenny Pickett is second year. Hype happy. We have the Jets, which I had the Jets making the playoffs too, but twelve and five? No way. No way. Yeah. You have the Lions with the same with one less win than the Eagles. Get out of here. Are you,
0: you we it right. the Texans they winning six games?
2: I don't think the Rams are going to win seven games either. Not with that old line.
0: What Matthew is going Stafford on may, here?
2: May, may not may not may not play half the game. Now, are we
3: sure that Swan just didn't mess with us here? He and he might oh, have photoshopped USA that today USA
6: Today thing right on that. He I might be he, he might be the one who is in charge of the <laughs> U stadium app that posted this on Twitter. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah,
3: he's the administrator
2: for it. Uh I do like the fact that the Falcons are 9 and 8 in a, in a wild card team,
3: boys. I, I didn't you even guys, notice that. Are you guys that. on the
2: board? Are you guys on board with the the old Falcons yet?
3: No. We're going to run the ball 50 times. We're well, going to By the way, what's um... What's that running back's name again? Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson. Yeah. I was calling him Bijan Frise in my head. Don't know why. <laughs> That's a hamster stuck in the wheel there. <laughs> um, the owner, Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank mm-hmm. on record saying that it's the Bijan era now. Yeah. Mm. It's like we're gonna run this guy into the ground. Jamie, what other era would it be?
6: Cordero Patterson.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's this his, is his who's last quarterback year? again. Desmond Ritter. Oh, right to Cincinnati. Oh,
6: you're telling you me that's a playoff guys? team? That's not a playoff hey. team.
2: Hey, that's a wild card team. Things are uh... on what planet? On this planet, Marsh. The Falcons are going to have a better record than than your Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> oh, if that
3: book happens. Book it. Okay. Wow. Okay, hang on. Oh, uh, well, never. Mind.
2: <laughs> book it. No, never mind. We're not going to do that. Uh, Gentlemen's agreement, Marsh.
3: Your your Falcons. Falcons
2: will have a better. Re- we'll have more wins. Your Minnesota How about a bike.
3: punishment for this? Fair, okay. You in, Marsh? I'm in. What, what, what kind of punishment? We'll have to work on this. We're not just going to throw it here against the wall. Yeah, we're going to let this marinate a little bit. I An think it's going to be
6: very like punishment. in detail. Okay.
3: All right. Well, hey, like, let's throw hard and feathered. Let's <laughs> throw it out to the the
2: texel. <laughs> That's a little like That's
6: I tough. have to buy two tickets. For a Atlanta Falcons game, dress up as a Falcons fan and go to the game with Anthony.
3: <laughs> wow. That actually sounds uh, kind of fun. It does sound fun. And then if Anthony loses, he's got to buy two Vikings tickets. What if we – Now, you got to have airfare. Guys, this is getting serious. Yeah, that's a little – Maybe he just spends,
6: the, spends a Sunday at Cybergs
2: could do that we could do that i i spend the day let's do that but anthony
3: instead of wearing the viking stuff whoever they're playing that game you have to wear head to toe the opposition's gear oh
2: okay that's a pretty good punishment so instead of instead of like going uh -uh. (laughs) you go
3: right to the dragon's (laughs) lair and you got a big on your back the jersey says school this (laughs) but this would have to be a playoff game then Oh yeah. well, I mean, then forget it. We won't have one of those. Well, maybe not. based oh, on Marsh, the seven I mean, and ten record, they're not going.
2: Marsh, maybe not. I mean, that uh, thing may have been decided.
6: Uh, you know? I hope they play decided. each other. <laughs> I hope they play each other now. A four awesome. seed right. against Whoop. the Falcons who barely make it in.
3: So I think hey, that's a great punishment for Anthony. We're gonna have to figure out one figure that's out of equal Marsh. value yeah, for Marsh
4: for sure.
2: Yeah. All right. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stalter. Do the Cardinals need to change their philosophy when it comes to pitchers and catchers? We'll dive into that next. Oh,
3: probably.
1: <laughs> we are right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Do the Cardinals need to change their philosophy when it comes to pitchers and catchers? With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh is back in our studios as we're live from Sensing Community Ice Center for the Blues Youth Camp, which is going on throughout the course of the week. We'll be here uh,
3: Wednesday, Thursday,
2: and I believe Friday, maybe Friday, maybe Friday. As yes, well. um,
3: here all week, Anthony. As they say, tip your waitress. T- yes,
2: yeah, exactly. Nice. Job You're welcome. There. Yeah, yeah. So. Mike Claiborne was on earlier today with the opening drive, as he, as he normally does, and he was actually talking about this subject. So here, let's hear from Claibs before we dive into it.
5: You know, if you look at the rotation now, Mike was Matt, uh, Flaherty, Montgomery, Wainwright. There's only one guy that you developed in the organization, and that's Flaherty. Everybody else you had to get from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have to step back and take a look at what you're doing on that front. How are you developing pitching? And, and I think that when you look at that scenario, you have to also look around the league and see who is developing pitching. I mean, you know, is it Tampa? I would say, yeah, but then I say, well, wait a minute. What about Matthew Libertor? He, he, can't, he can't help you right now. So, you know, it, it's something that I think you have to step back and just say, all right, this is a new day. We can't teach pitching like we're used to. This is now swinging this league. Okay, you know, we were pitched pitch to contact because we had good defense. Well, you know, a pitch to contact doesn't work like it used to. So I think the philosophy overall is going to have to be reviewed. And I think there's some other areas that probably need to be reviewed with regard to analytics because defensive positioning has not been there this year. I mean, they're hitting where we ain't.
2: Well, let's let's kind of break this down a little bit. Let's actually start with some of the the last stuff that Claves is saying. I think I think Klaps brought up a great point, Jamie, about the pitch to contact thing. It worked before; it doesn't now. You had a ballpark that, that played really for the pitchers.
3: Is it the shift that changed it, all may, that?
2: It may have been the shift. Yeah, at least a large part of it. The 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 balls are that are being put in play. Either you're not coming up with with the plays, or they're, as Klabe said, they're hitting they're hitting it where you ain't. So when it comes to that, I do think there needs to be a shift. Now, analytics have said, actually, you need guys that are going to miss bats. That's actually the advanced metrics. What's
3: that, strikeouts? Strikeouts,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Miss Missing bats. Don't put the ball in play, because when you put the ball in play, whether it's soft contact or hard contact, the ball can find holes. So when it comes to, missing bats you have an opportunity to send that guy right back to the dugout uh, as opposed to the ball being put in play yeah. that's that's part of the analytic quote-unquote movement that a lot of people are pushing against we're seeing it now this the, the pitch to contact aspect of it, it doesn't work so when you when you look at it from that perspective i think Claves is is spot on what do you think about that
3: yeah i do i i also look at it too to where Yes, the pitch to contact doesn't seem to be working this year, and you can attribute that to the shift, maybe. But what about if it's just bad pitching? Like, what if it's just not locating the pitches? As that, far as that could be an issue too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if Wayno is on his game this mm-hmm. year, if Michaelis doesn't have the bad start, if Stephen Mats is looking more like we've seen recently, like, and the pitch to contact. Is still in play it might be working a little bit more it it, i guess it doesn't have to be so drastically overhauled is what Mm -hmm. i'm looking at would i like to have a guy in there with swing and miss yes of course but i i totally think that you know you can you can continue with some pitch to contact guys as far as pitching is concerned Mm -hmm. But you got to find one guy at least that is swing and miss so I, I, that's how where you, I look.
2: Uh, Jamie, how do you feel about two pitch-to-contact guys? That's fine. Year? Okay, yeah, great. two yeah. or three. I don't even care. Well, you have them you have, now. You have yeah, have them and Michaelis. That's and fine. That's, so let's just, you know, and now let's find some live arms. Yeah, even for the bullpen. You had some live arms. You know, but I feel Caprera. like that's going to be right, really. I feel like that's something that's difficult. Jamie, I'm so sick and tired of watching the starter go five or six innings. And, and throw, you know, low 90s, balls constantly put in play, and then the Cardinals go to their bullpen, and it's low 90s, and the ball is constantly put in play. Like, you have you have to give the hitters a little bit of a, a variation. Yeah. This is this is one of the – and I'm not suggesting the Cardinals do this, but, you know, sometimes we, we complain about, well, it's a bullpen game. Why can't the Cardinals win these games? Because every two innings, you see something different and bullpen games can be effective. Now you can't you can't do that all the time obviously, but uh-huh. that's that's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons why pitchers that are effective, you know, they'll go they'll go high in the zone, then they'll go low, they'll go inside, they'll go outside. The batter is constantly uncomfortable. Have you seen a lot of opposing batters this year that are uncomfortable when facing Cardinals pitching? Uh no. no not really. I haven't either. You're going to have to get some electric arms. Yes, you're going to you, you may have to play, you may have to develop them. It may be a situation where kids electric army don't know where he's going. That happens, you know, but can you miss bats? I'm, t- I'm just for me, Jamie, I'm, t- I'm tired of, of watching this form, this philosophy take shape. It doesn't work.
3: Okay. So a couple things. Uh, one, I agree with you. Secondly, we didn't really get into the catcher development thing. So why don't we do that next? And also have uh per Katie Wu. There's some interesting Cardinals, uh, Movement here that could be fun to talk about. They traded Goldie. Guess we'll have to find out next. Okay, here on one hundred and one ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN.
2: You know what that sound means. Time to play the lineup game here on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, live from Centene Community Ice Center. Jamie, let's play the lineup game, shall we? We got Merrill Kelly on the hill tonight for the Diamondbacks, so he is a right-hander. This this lineup shouldn't give us too many issues, I wouldn't think.
3: Well, you never know, Anthony. You know, there's lots of guys that could be traded by now.
2: got traded. Yeah, you're
4: right.
3: All right. So we, although we didn't really have a lineup to be basing anything off yesterday, I don't feel like we did all that great having seen the final lineup that Ollie put out there last night. Uh, Ah, We did well in our heads. We did fine. Okay. I'd like to be better than that
2: today. All right. let's, uh, Let's be perfect then. Yeah. Sound good?
3: Yeah. Who's on the bump? Merrill Kelly?
2: Merrill Kelly. Okay. I think this is Donovan. It is. Oh, I like the confidence.
3: Yeah, let's go. Let's party. All right.
2: Show us Brendan Donovan. Donnie was a good bowler and a good man.
4: <laughs> All
2: right, there you go. Thank goodness. I think that this is Yukon Cornelius. Otherwise oh. known as Paul.
3: Yeah, the big, the big uke.
2: Yeah. Show us Paul Yukon Cornelius Goldschmidt,
3: please.
1: Gold! Rich with gold! Gold!
3: Nice. This was Nolan Aronado last night. Yeah.
2: Uh, It could be Aronado. We've seen Newt here. We've seen Gorman here. We've seen Contreras here. But Contreras, typically, when there's a lefty hole, at third. So I think it's either Aronado, Newt,
3: or Gorman. I think Gorman gets back in here. Is it this high? Well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't I? I would do it. I would put Gorman right in here. Go for it. Show us Nolan Gorman, please. Sorry, guys. Oh, Jimmy, you blew it!
2: You blew it! Man. Alright, so do we think it's Arenado or Newt? I think it's Newt. I think he's I think he's just absolutely infatuated with the Newt in the three-hole. Okay. Sure. Show us Lars Taylor Tatsui Newt Bar, please.
3: You are so wrong, <laughs> I think it's Nolan Aranato because both him and Goldie hit Ding Dong Johnsons last night. Okay. Not back-to-back, but still. Show us Nolan Aranato.
1: Nolan is a security <sighs> guard at the Lumberyard.
2: All right. That one gave us some, some issues. So who is this then? Big Willie
3: style? Who was it yesterday? Was it Big Willie? No. E- no. Who was that? Was it it was- Newt. Newt was clean up yesterday. That was weird.
2: I bet you he does it again because they won. That's he grand. loves it. First of all, he loves the new three or four. This is their marquee player, you know. This is the guy that the, the Cardinals are just, they're they're showcasing for all the world. This is the new face of Cardinals baseball, according to the Cardinals. And I just made that up, but I just feel that way. Show us Lars Taylor, Tetsui,
3: new bar. One, two, three, four. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. Nice. Anthony. <laughs> I don't know, Jamie. I don't know. I don't see Lars Núñez as a cleanup hitter, like I, at all. I don't see him as a three-hole hitter I, at all. All right, whatever. he's a good player, but I feel like I don't know. Am I am I taking
2: crazy pills here? I feel like they they're they're loving him. They do. They I, love
3: the new. I, I I don't see it. Like I see that he's a good player, and I see the that they like him, but three or four? I I don't see. it. Whatever. Do you also
2: see that they love Lars Taylor Tattoo and Newt bar more than any other player on the roster? Because that's how I feel.
3: Uh, I don't know if that's exactly how I feel, but glad, I certainly feel like they, glad we agree. they love him way more than anybody else in the outfield.
4: Yeah.
2: Here's,
3: all right, so the five hole. Big Willie. Big Willie. Show us that Big Willie.
4: This one goes out to all the Big Willies.
3: Wilson, are you naked?
4: No, Tim, I'm
1: wearing a hat. <laughs>
6: That one's pretty good. By the way, by the way, I have to uh, interject here. So, Wilson Contreras was a pinch hitter last night. He did not get a hit. However, he did walk, scored a run. The previous game, he did get a hit. I gave him the sounder.
4: Okay. All right.
6: Would you guys All agree? Right. Is, it does not. Yeah, it, it did not count as a plate appearance. It was, you know, there was no at-bat. He walked.
2: I think this is really the last, last starting opportunity. That's how I view it. For
6: sure. Let me rephrase it. It was a plate appearance, was not counted as an at bat.
2: There you go. Either way, I think it's. I think that this should go down as a a starters thing. Just my thought. There we go. Okay. Uh, What do you think here, Gorman Walker? What do you want to
3: do, Jamie? Tyler O'Neill. Could be O'Neill. I don't think Gorman's playing. I want him to be playing. Why would you do that to us? Well, because I think that his back is still kind of messed up all right
2: i think that this is i think this is jordan walker okay i think we walk it like it's
3: hot let's go baby show us jordan walker please
5: no 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 hey
3: okay. it's got to be tyler marshy can you please show us tyler O'Neal? you're wrong <laughs> it to be. I think, go ahead. Anthony, go get that. Okay.
2: Thank you. Please show us Nolan Gorman.
1: there's a Please. storm coming, Ari? Yes. Interesting. And
2: that's a Redbird winner tonight. I hope so.
3: Uh okay, now Tyler O'Neal. Now o'neill All right. I guess Marshy show us that T-bone.
4: My fingers hurt. Oh, well,
3: now your back's going to
1: hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. <laughs> All
2: right. So, hold on here. Donovan is the DH, I'm assuming. Goldie's at first, Arnado third, Contreras behind the dish, Gorman at second. So, you got one outfielder in the Newt, you got one outfielder in O'Neill. So, this would be Jordan Walker and then DeYoung. That's my guess. Okay. Right. Show us Jordan Walker. Walk it like it's hot. Walk it like it's hot. Jamie, you want honors?
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, show us that forever
4: young. Forever young.
2: Forever young. Voice of an angel, oh, James Rivers. You. Marsh, why don't you go ahead and run that thing?
6: All right, leading off the DH Brendan Donovan, batting second first baseman Paul Goldschmidt, batting third third baseman Nolan Arenado. The cleanup hitter, center fielder Lars Taylor Tatsui Nootbar, batting fifth, catching Wilson Contreras, batting sixth second baseman Nolan Gorman. Batting seventh in left field, Tyler O'Neill. Batting eighth in right field, Jordan Walker. And batting ninth, the shite stop, Paul DeYoung.
1: Back, 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 back. Stay fair! Stay
0: fair, stay fair! Go foul! go foul! I don't believe what I just saw! Home run!
2: By the way, Marsh, I I have come to really enjoy your joker voice for the last player in the lineup. Thank you. I think it's outstanding.
6: I appreciate Uh, that. Jamie,
2: Jamie, another ding-dong Johnson for you last night, courtesy of the one and only UConn Cornelius. Yeah. So you're you're crushing us in the home run derby, so why don't you go ahead and crush us some more?
3: Well, I think that – I think it'll get all the way to this guy – and uh, you know, I really haven't picked this guy before. Okay, but I think he can. do Somebody some new, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go with Nolan Gorman. Oh, okay. The one guy you
2: pick all the time. <laughs> Wilson Contreras has some pretty good numbers against Merrill Kelly. Uh, Arenado does as well. Just throwing it out there, but I'm going to I'm going to go with Wilson Contreras. I feel like it's been a hot minute since he's he's caught fire from a power standpoint. So give me Wilson Contreras, please. Marshy, who do you got?
6: I'm going to go with the uh, the big bopper in the lineup, the cleanup hitter, Lars Taylor Tetsui <sighs> Nupar. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Four ABs against Merrill Kelly. He's got a home run.
2: You mean the new face of the, your St. Louis Cardinals? Absolutely. Lars Taylor Tetsui Nukbar. Okay. New face? Nice. I mean,
6: you could say he's an old face. New- he's been around for quite some time, Anthony. Almost a full yeah,
2: year. True, Right. Good call. <laughs> good call. He's earned it. Uh, all right. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Jamie, you started to talk about uh, maybe some interesting news there at the end of yeah, our segment, yeah. related to our St. Louis <coughs> Cardinals. We got what, uh, what sort of news do you have for us? We got
3: uh, a little update from from Katie Wu, and uh, it suggests that the Cardinals might be in the market for a multi-year contract extension for Jordan Hicks. Interesting. Yeah says here, Katie, Wu, St. Louis Cardinals are exploring a multi-year contract extension with prized right-handed reliever Jordan Hicks. Multiple sources tell The Athletic. There is optimism a deal could be done within the next couple of days.
2: I like it. The, the reason why we have included Hicks in the trade conversations is because his contract is expiring. And for you to not get something in return for Hicks, who would be viewed as a closer on other teams would be a mistake. You, you should move him. Unless, of course, he's willing to take a, a long-term deal. I should say multi-year deal. It doesn't have to be necessarily long. But when it comes to Jordan Hicks, well, why wouldn't you? He's earned, he, he has developed into your closer. He wants it. And Ryan Helsley can only pitch once every, like, three days before he wears down or he, or he taps out. So Ryan Helsley can be your setup guy, Jordan Hicks can be your closer, and Giovanni Gallegos can essentially be your your seventh your seventh inning guy. You're talking about next situation. year, right? I'm talking about next year. Yeah,
3: because we're not going to see Helsley no. this year.
2: But you have to you have to completely actually. You know what? I said that that yesterday. I forget it's retroactive. The 60 day IL is retroactive. He's we're been... not going to see him anything. He's been out a while. We'll see him again this year. No, we're not. Anyways. Starting pitching, you need to revamp that, as we know, and you also need to revamp your bullpen. So you, get, you have to start out with something. So you're going to start off with Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz, and then for the bullpen, if it's true that the Cardinals and Jordan Hicks are about to sign a multi-year deal, then Jordan Hicks, Gallegos, and Helsley are the back end of your bullpen that you're starting out with, and then you build out from there. I would like to see Matthew Libertur for next year in the bullpen. Get something out of him. It just hasn't hit. It just it, yeah. Maybe it will.
3: Maybe, maybe I'm not ready to do that yet. He's still a young pitcher, and the pitching position is by far the hardest position to establish yourself in, in the majors. I, I'm willing to give him the rest of this season, and if there's some trades at the deadline, bring him back up, get him some more major league time, mm-hmm. and then certainly again you hit the off season with with both feet running and you try to get this guy to compete for a rotation spot. If he fails to do so, or he's not even close, then yeah, I'm fine with moving him to the bullpen at the major league level. Mm-hmm. But if he's, if he's right there, and he's got an opportunity to push for a spot and legitimately earn it, I'm okay with that. Even if it's a four or five. Okay. All right. he's, he's exactly what we talked about. A reliever? No, he's a cost-controlled pitcher for you. Yeah. He is. Ish. But, Anthony, if he's a four or a five, why do you care? Can I improve on that four well, or five? No. This is where you've done your job as the Cardinals. You've went and got a number one somewhere. Uh-huh. You've got Michaelis and Matt's, and then maybe you've got a Lance Lynn-ish, Rich Hill-ish. But you know that's how it's going to work out for you. Okay, you have some dynamic star. Thank you. you no, go. it doesn't have to be a dynamic no, star. Just
2: give me somebody younger.
3: You've got the best pitcher to ever face anybody, okay? No all. i <laughs> I'd take him right I now. I'd take him right now, too. Um, but you have Libertor that's competing for your fifth spot. And if he wins your fifth spot, you're winning. Like, yeah. that's a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I agree. He should be in the bullpen. Oh, my God. 513, your this time guy. check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. What's trending is next. on one hundred and one ESPN I get it from you.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Sports, the Fast Lane has you covered. What's Trending Now?
0: Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half-price Cardinals ticket voucher.
6: Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, Adam Wainwright returned last night. Against the Arizona Diamondbacks, his first start in quite some time. He went five innings, four hits, two runs. Both of those were earned. He walked two and struck out three. What were your thoughts on Adam Wainwright's performance last night in the desert?
2: Jamie, I thought all things considered, Adam Wainwright pitched pitched well. Based on what, what we saw in the first half, gave himself a chance for 199. He left the game with the Cardinals ahead by three, so uh, all, all well and good. Now, it's unfortunate that the bullpen wound up blowing it for him, and the Cardinals did rally to win the game overall, but he didn't get to 199. So that, that part was certainly unfortunate. Yeah, that was a piss-off. Uh, it certainly was, Jamie. Dead but bullpen. overall – Stratton, trade him. I think they will probably. <laughs> yeah. I think they're going to. I don't think that's going to be an issue, Jamie. Uh But overall, it gave him a chance to win. He gave himself a chance to win. He gave the Cardinals a chance to win. What else are you going to ask for out of Adam Wainwright?
3: So that's the way I felt last night. Actually, uh, I was really happy for Wainwright. I don't like to see a guy that is such a, I mean, phenomenal player in franchise history not end the way he wants to end. And I know that last night wasn't his last game. Yeah. But I'd felt like I'd seen his last good game, you know? And last night wasn't anything to circle as far as epic performances. No. But based upon what Wayno had been battling all year, uh, that was a really good start. Mm-hmm. And then they went and pissed it away. That really got to me. It really got to me last night because you got a guy who is trying to get two wins. He's got a three-run lead. Yeah. Like, come on, Close and I know the they didn't do down. it on purpose. I I understand that, and they're Are out you there. Sure? Well, they're out there giving it their all. Yeah. Anyways, I thought Wayno's start was 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 good. Uh, I was very happy for him. Guys, I mentioned this
6: earlier in the show, but Jalen Brown and the Boston Celtics agreeing to a record five-year, three hundred four million dollars supermax extension. Which is the richest deal in NBA history? I had a little nugget from Twitter, Alan Walsh. Jamie, you know who Alan Walsh is? Yeah, super agent Alan
3: Walsh. He's got David Perron as one of his clients.
6: So Alan Walsh, he's always active on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it these days. Tweet, he tweeted out that's 60.8 million AAV, almost the lower limit this season's NHL salary cap. In other words, the Arizona Coyotes' entire payroll for two, wow. for 2023-2024.
4: Boy,
2: that puts everything into perspective, doesn't it? On both sides of things. Yeah. One guy for the Boston Celtics is going to make what the entire Arizona Coyotes roster is going to make. I mean,
3: yeah, I mean, it's for kinda weird or uh, for, it, no it, for Wisconsin it's an interesting thing. So anyway, I don't know. Um, Jamie, that's a kick in the teeth, man. It is. But he, I'm going to go back to you know, what I said earlier is that basketball has a smaller roster. Now, 60 million a year is a substantial amount of money. Don't get me wrong. This is where you're going with it, Jamie.
2: Call out the Arizona. Call out your former team right
3: they, now. Well, the Arizona Coyotes. One, they they play in an arena that's not even theirs, and uh, the maximum amount of people they can get into it Think is Forty-two hundred. Yeah. So not ideal, but you know, Alan Walsh, and I know he's pushing. He's pushing for no salary cap. Alan, the ship has sailed. The ship has sailed. The the lockout where we foolishly gave them a salary cap. Because some guys just, you know, had side deals going on and it was it was a dirty thing. It was an awful lockout. We lost control at that point. So now you're a prisoner of the salary cap. Yeah. Now what they can do is try to raise the floor of it to where people have to like if it's eighty nine million, I think is what it is this year, you know, the floor should be somewhere in the seventy million mark, not sixty or fifty eight or whatever the heck it is right. now. So I don't know it. I don't think it's a flawed system. I think that uh, the COVID flat cap has really screwed things up in the NHL. But nobody's coming close to sixty million AAV. Like, you'll never see that in the NHL ever. Like in the year thirty twenty five, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> But also puts in perspective the revenues that the NBA is driving. Uh-huh. But the NBA, the NBA is a worldwide product. I think that's what people fail to understand. Is that, like, I played in Europe. I played in Russia. NBA games are televised. Yeah,
2: they're they're it's, on. It's
3: huge. Like, yes. you're not getting a Boston Bruins, um, Columbus Blue Jackets game right. in Moscow. Yeah, you're not. Right. But you're getting the Lakers playing whoever the hell you want at the time. You're getting the Celtics. You're You're getting wherever LeBron is playing, you're getting that game on your TV. It is a. a,
2: You're right. It is a worldwide product. And we we don't tend to maybe look at it that way in St. Louis that much because we don't have an NBA team. We don't talk a lot of NBA, like at all. Mm -hmm. But you're right, Jamie. It is a massive product everywhere.
6: Speaking of the Boston Bruins, Patrice Bergeron announced his retirement. After 19 seasons, does does Patrice Bergeron go down as a Hall of Famer? I say yes. What? Is that really a question? (laughs) It was a question that we got on the text line today.
3: Yeah, no, he's a shoe in Hall of – They're talking about renaming the Selkie Trophy the Bergeron Award.
6: (laughs) I would say that would
2: qualify for somebody going uh, to the he, Hall. I
3: mean, he, he set a record for Selkies in a row, did he not? Like four in a row or something like that? I'm sorry. I'm just caught off guard that that's a real question. Yes, that was a the question yes. that we
6: received on the text line today.
3: Okay. Well, you know what? In fairness to the text line, maybe they don't know the player as well as as we do. Or maybe maybe they're they new- just
2: wanted you to hear. What wanted you to talk about it? Maybe they're
3: new hockey fans. Maybe they jumped on in 2019 and saw this guy. So, in fairness to whoever asked that question, um, yeah, I get it. But yes, he's 100 percent a first ballot Hall of Famer.
6: So here's the next question.
3: I'm not, Anthony. I was being sympathetic. You yeah, think you, didn't of sound, all people. It not sound like it. Of all people, if I think you would know it didn't sound like it. Wasn't talking just, to you anyways. Just why, saying? why don't you take your nose and stick it somewhere why else? Why don't you
2: take your nose and stick it someplace else? Oh, I will, Anthony. OK, yeah. I will, too.
3: Your face. Jamie, I'll stick it in your face, too. Well, you are right now, currently. Same with you. <laughs> Sword fight. Go ahead, Marshall. <laughs> ah, different.
4: <laughs>
6: different guy. Yeah. Anyways, um. Adult version. No, yeah. it's not. I, that didn't make it any better. Uh, that was made it worse. <laughs> Who? Ah.
5: Marsh, do you have
2: anything I mean, come on, re-
6: Marsh. Let's go. Oh, I'm trying come to on. talk. <laughs> oh, my well, God. Boy, Would gracious. you just
5: say
2: something, Marsh?
6: Who is the next best centerman in the NHL now that Patrice Bergeron has retired?
2: Robert Thomas. Yeah, uh, Anthony, I like where your head's at. Jeez, Marsh, uh, are I, you asking real questions today or is no?
3: Connor McDavid <laughs> playing center today or is he playing wing? Uh, he
6: plays uh, all over the place. See,
3: uh, I don't, I was, you
6: know what, though, he's not—he's not in the defensive zone. Oh, uh, you know what, Marsh, you're right.
3: I wouldn't take him either. No. You're right, Marsh. <laughs> Screw
4: him. <laughs> <laughs> is he playing um, two-way guy's hockey? a bum. Not my hockey
3: yeah, no, I know. I hate one hundred and fifty points. That sucks.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: that
6: guy that uh, guy sucks. Yeah, he does.
3: That wasn't even the sounder. No, no, no. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head kind of quickly here of all around players and uh, McKinnon. Nah, he's still—he's not a 200-foot player. Marshy's just going to get he's all angry center. again. Yeah, but Marcy's I mean,
6: could you see any of these guys winning the Selkie Trophy or the the, Pat- no. the Patrice Bergeron Award? Is it is it as you said?
3: Yeah, no, not a chance of that happening.
4: Marcy. Now, is Mitch Marner is a star. part
6: of that group? No, not, not anymore. anymore.
3: Not anymore. One, he's a predator, so screw him. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I was talking to him today. He's such a great guy. <laughs> He's such he did a great walk by. He did walk by. Walked here. in this morning, and Ryan O'Reilly and Shenner and Maroon and Ric Flair are all shooting a big car field commercial. Just,
2: yeah, he's just sitting. Yeah. he's just sitting out there. He's
3: just hanging out. Uh, no, I talked to Ryan O'Reilly this morning. Just an update on, on Ryan. Uh, it was a real tough decision for him to you know not come back to St. Louis. But at the end of the day, I don't know if the money was there. Probably isn't. Wasn't. When yeah. you look at the salary cap, it was tough for him not to go back to Toronto. But he wanted a new challenge, and Barry Trotz and the Nashville Predators, you know, they contacted Ryan O'Reilly and just said, "Look, it, we need a guy that can come in here and reshape the culture of our franchise. We really like you a lot as a player, and so it's a it's a new challenge for him, something that's exciting. Yeah. So that's your update on Ryan
2: O'Reilly. Good for him. All right, that'll do it. What's trending here in the fast Fastlane on 101 ESPN. All right, we are going to do the biggest question of the day. We also uh, beat the streak, right, Marsh?
6: Absolutely.
2: Uh, Jamie's the new leader in the clubhouse. My streak oh, ended yeah. last week. So, first time we'll have an opportunity to play beat the streak Make since last week. That's, My gosh. I know, I know. Mm-mm. Walk twice. Thanks, Nico. Nice eye, Nico. <laughs> good eye, good Put eye. Put the damn ball in play. <laughs> Would
3: you take a hack at Jeez. that thing?
2: Please. All right, uh, beat the streak. And biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
5: We're going streaky! I want to hit
1: baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. You ready to hit? The hits just
0: keep on coming. And
1: his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle.
2: All right, time to play Beat the Streak here on the Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, and Brennan is joining us for Beat the Streak again. What's up, Brennan?
6: What's going on, boys? How we doing?
2: Not too bad. Appreciate you joining us again. Marsh, go ahead and update those standings, kid.
6: Yeah, Anthony, unfortunately, Nico Horner did not get a base hit last week, so your streak came to an end. I'm looking at Jamie's right now. He is currently at 11, so he beat his former... Streak of 10. Anthony, you're still in the lead. I have two. Brennan has one. So that is where we stand right now and beat the streak.
2: So what's the – what was mine, 13? Is that what it ended at?
6: I believe so. I, it might have been yeah. 12. There's a okay. few days, and I got to so, count it well, up I just, again. I Just, just wanna to want to 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 double check.
2: Jamie. Jamie could tie. He could tie it tonight, or, you know, maybe he's got two more days. Either way, Jamie, It is 13. You have honors. It's thirteen. So Lucky thirteen. Jamie's got two, two more hits to go
3: here to get to the uh,
2: all-time number. Now, go ahead, All Jamie. Right.
3: Uh, I'm going to go with somebody different than my home run guy. Got Gorman for the home run. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who I feel like he's about to hit his stride here soon. Nolan Arenado. Oh boy. That makes sense. <laughs> He's been okay.
2: Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) So Nolan Arenado now off the board. Who do you got, Marsh?
6: I'm going to go with a Diamondback tonight. Uh, Christian Walker, he's been hitting the ball pretty well. Went two for four last night. Had two runs scored, a home run. So uh, he's my guy tonight, Christian Walker of the Diamondbacks.
2: All right, Brandon, you're up.
6: Well, I'm going to throw the challenge flag and say my streak's
5: at five because Nolan Arenado. I picked him on Thursday, and he has
4: been hitting it
5: every game. But I think tonight I'll go with uh, Donovan.
2: <laughs> Donovan, you said?
5: Donovan, yep, he had three hits okay. last night. He's looking pretty good.
2: Okay, there you go. I'm going to go with Wilson Contreras. I'm going to go with my home run call. He's got good numbers against Merrill Kelly tonight, so I'm going to take Wilson Contreras. So, Jamie Rivers with 11 right now. He's got Nolan Aranato. Marsh with two. He's got Christian Walker. Brennan, even though he was trying to go with the cumulative score there for Aranato, he took Donovan. He's at one, and my streak got busted last week, so I'm at zero. I have Wilson Contreras. Brennan, good luck. Hopefully Hopefully we'll have a chance to talk to you tomorrow.
5: Yeah, awesome, boys. Let's go Cards.
2: There you go. Here we go. Thank you. There you have it. So us Beat the Streak. Time for the biggest question of the day.
1: It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day.
6: Guys, I want to continue that conversation we had earlier with the Klaves audio. We talked a little bit about the pitching, but there was that catching aspect of the conversation. So I'm going to play the audio and then get into today's biggest question of the day.
5: All right. You know, if you look at the rotation now, Michael. Okay. You know, we were a pitch the contact for that. We had good defense. Well, you know, when pitch to contact doesn't work like it used to, so like, I think.
6: Well, maybe if I play the right audio, we could get there. If
5: you look at the <laughs> yeah. catching
6: situation.
5: you know, we don't have we don't have a catching coordinator. You know, Yadier Molina was our catching coordinator, but he's not here anymore. There's nobody here. Officially, it teaches catching uh, on the minor league level or the big league level. So there's, you know, there's a lot of things that probably need to be reevaluated you know, if you want to move forward. Now, if you want to, re- you know, regress and step back and let somebody else be the team of the division, if not the National League, then be my guess. But I don't think I don't think the Cardinals are going to go that route. I think they're going to try and step out and uh, reevaluate things and try and you know, maybe redesign themselves a little bit.
6: So Klaibs says redesign, and when I think of this whole catching situation over the course of the year, it's been a real cluster blank, uh, in my opinion. How do the Cardinals, if you're bringing in new pitchers for next year, and that's been the, the hot topic of discussion is bringing in new arms for 2024, can you roll with the same catching crew that you had this year? I know Wilson Contreras is under contract, but what do you do at that position?
3: Well, you're, you've got Wilson Contreras; he's your catcher, and you've got Herrera is your backup catcher next year. That's just the way it rolls. You get Kisner, who maybe you move at the deadline, maybe you move him in the off season. Uh, but there's too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, for that matter. So Herrera's got to be your guy. First thing I would do, honestly, is—and I don't even know if this individual would be willing to do this or want to do this. I would call Mike Matheny, and I would make him my catching advisor. Sure. The stuff that, well, one, let's not forget that he was the guy that groomed Yachty, Mm -hmm. okay? And and then we had him on not too long ago uh, when it was the Home Run Derby, when he was in town to do the Home Run Derby. The stuff he was saying and his recognition of what the importance is of a catcher and team and what they have to do, I mean, this guy is, what he said was incredible. If, if that guy was sitting across the table from Contreras and Herrera and explaining to them what their job is and the work that goes into it and yeah. the accountability at the catching position, I really feel like you'd have a spike in your, in your catching position. Yeah. Let's not forget here a couple things too. One, you haven't had to deal with this in 20 years. Right. We said this before. You're spoiled, yeah. it's right? It's
2: not just Yadi. You're right. It's not just yadi it's, it's Mike Matheny too.
3: Yeah, it's it's the whole bunch. You've had Matheny, then you had Yadi, yeah, and now you've got you know a youngster in Herrera that's still learning, and you've got Contreras who maybe never learned the right way, whatever it is, or wasn't held accountable, or maybe he just doesn't understand what the Cardinals are expecting. Mm-hmm. So for me, it would be going to find somebody like a Mike Matheny to come in and kind of revamp the whole process because you klebs is right yachty was the process before right and unfortunately mo i don't know if he would admit this but they weren't ready for life after yachty Mm -hmm. they didn't realize the drop off that there'd be they didn't realize just what yachty did to help the pitchers or just you know whatever it is yeah so those that's what those are my thoughts on it.
2: I love it. I think it's a great idea. And Mike Mike now has experience too. You're not just you're not just turning to a former player and thinking that he can coach too or or teach yeah and i think that's a huge difference right jamie i mean we've talked about this well, with- it is but
3: there's no pressure now mm-hmm. right so like mike Matheny coming in he's not ollie he's not in front of the cameras every single day yeah. every decision that he makes is not going to be scrutinized and, and talked about and either cut to pieces or praised he's the catching advisor and quite honestly Anything going up as far as improving the catching position is going to make him look like a rock star. Yeah, very true. Because right now it's rock bottom. Yeah. It feels like nobody has a good grip on what the expectations are, what the process is, any of that stuff. Yeah, cool. cool. So I think it'd be a fun job for Mike Matheny. He gets to do what he knows best, which is be a catcher and communicate. And he's a really good communicator.
2: So I don't know. No, it's a great call. That's Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's Fast Lane on One Hundred and One ESPN. We'll put a bow on this show next. Time.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN.
2: miss anything from today's show, you can download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. Talked a fair amount of Cardinals today. Talked, talked about the Tyler O'Neill situation. Katie Wu tweeting tweet out earlier today that the Cardinals are not inclined to trade Tyler O'Neill. They don't want to just give him up for anything at the deadline, which certainly makes sense. But as Jamie and I discussed, you still got to move him. So we talked yeah. about that. Also took a lot of great mic drops today on what would disappoint you at the trade deadline, if what, what the Cardinals do or don't do, what Mo, what sort of game plan Mo would have that would disappoint you. And again, we get a lot of uh, good, good thoughts on that. Snuck a little NFL in there, too. Talked about some predictions. Uh, Marsh and I have, and I, know, I think, Marsh, you're going to get to this next. Uh, Marsh and I have a possible punishment situation going on. I say the Falcons are going to have more wins this upcoming NFL season than the Vikings. So, Marsh, I think we had some ideas on the text line, did we not, for punishments?
6: Yeah, we did. And uh, uh if you want to get
2: to those now or not. but
6: Yeah, we can if you want. Why not? Gotcha. Here's one uh, from the 314. Loser watches the movie they haven't seen, Weekend at Bernie's versus Space Jam.
3: That's pretty funny. Wait, while wearing the other team's gear. Yeah,
2: something. I mean, it's got to be a little bit more than yeah. that, but I think that's... That's pretty fun. Could have a watch party with
3: listeners.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like I like the, the tie-in to previous shows. I like where we're headed. Yeah. What
6: we got we one uh from the 314, 10 shots from Riz's airsoft gun. Oh.
3: Okay. Man. Yeah. You know, it's been done.
6: Yeah. It's been yeah.
3: done. Can we I'm looking for something original?
2: Can we come up with something else?
6: Well, Anthony, what about this from the 3 1 tattoo of the winning team's record?
2: That. Hmm. That. It's not terrible. Definitely up the ante there.
3: Not terrible. You can put something where you can't see it, Anthony. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like a full arm sleeve. Right. You just have to put a little, you know. Yeah.
2: What's that, your uh, kids' uh, part of your kids' birthday?
3: No. no.
2: This Minnesota Vikings' record.
3: <laughs> in 2023. <laughs> That Why'd actually, you do
2: that? Nah, don't worry about it. Ah.
3: Actually, kind of funny.
2: That is
3: kind of kind funny. Of
6: funny. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh oh. The six-one-eight loser has to go to a Cardinals game. Oh wow!
3: wow. You
2: sniped the Cardinals on My that. My goodness. Holy smokes! <laughs> I accept. That's I think harsh. That's pretty good punishment.
6: Yeah,
3: that's terrible. <sighs>
6: Here we go. Uh, from the 217, loser has to do the Waffle House Challenge. Have, do you know what that is?
3: No. What is What that? I'm in that's a Waffle House, yeah, but what's the like challenge? Right. So
6: the Waffle House Challenge, and maybe I might be saying this wrong, but this is from what I believe the Waffle House Challenge to be, is that you have to spend an entire 24 hours at Waffle House, and you reduce the amount of hours you're there by how many waffles that you eat. Or pancakes are one of the two. I believe it's waffles since it's Waffle House. So however many waffles you eat, that's how many hours you get to take off your twenty four hour punishment.
3: Wow. Um, hmm. Okay. That's so interesting. You could probably punish two or three waffles quickly. How big are these waffles? They're waffles they're good size waffles. Waffle House, yeah, Waffle House doesn't have pancakes, by the way. It's waffles. Right. And uh like the size of a dinner plate? Yeah. Okay. I think you could punish two or three quickly. So that's two or three hours gone.
2: Yeah. You
3: wait about a half hour. You could probably punish another one or two. Right. I think you could whittle your way down.
2: To about. To,
3: I think you could whittle your down pretty quick. Your way down quickly in like three or four hours. You could be cutting that in half. Right. I think you could certainly. If it's 24 hours. Within three or four hours, you could pound 12. There's no way he couldn't.
6: I well, agree. The rest yeah. of that time,
3: though. <laughs> the rest of the time, though. Holy smokes! That's yeah.
2: a pretty good. That's a that's a hefty
6: challenge. That's so I hate it. we got a text from the six three six. Had several friends do it. Record was eight hours.
4: Wow. This okay, actually, so I, kind I, of, I kind of
6: like this. I like so so waffles. That's, so that's, that's kind of in so line 16, with what I said.
2: Yeah, sixteen waffles. Then yeah, that 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 person ate to get it down to eight hours. Uh huh. Okay. Alright, let let's let's think about it. Let's let it let's marinate. About it. Let's lay out. We should
3: take it to uh we we'll take it to sales. Uh-huh. And we'll take it to the Waffle House. Right. There's one right there on Dorset near the station. Yeah. going could be kind of a fun thing, Anthony. True. We could set up on remote. That is true. We could <laughs> set up right there on remote Waffle House. <laughs> Alright. I gotta like this. Okay.
2: And and I'll be
3: sitting there eating a bacon egg and cheese. How's that waffle, guys? Yeah, ah, Jamie, Jamie's
2: them. set no matter what. That's why he wants to do it. That's not a bad. That's not a bad challenge. It's
3: not bad at all. I actually kind of like it.
2: All right. So and, and if by the way, if the Falcons and Vikings finish with the exact same record, then you both wash. do it.
3: No, you both do it. No, it's a. Wash. There, there's no, Anthony. There's got to be a little bit of an out here. No, there's no out. The out is your team has to win. That's it. Marsh so, what do you think? If you guys if tie, have the same you both have to do it. Yeah. yeah. You both do it.
2: Ah I think it's a wash. Yeah,
6: I don't know. Maybe we do something else. Maybe we flip oh, a coin. Oh, you
2: guys. If you know, it's a if it's a wash, we still we, we still go we still go to the waffle house and we podcast sure. live there. But we just enjoy a normal amount of waffles and a normal amount
6: yeah, of Yeah, and not stay there for a full twenty four.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't like your guys' idea.
6: <laughs> we also got from the three one four the hot chip challenge on the air.
0: All right,
3: which one's that? Oh, I've done that. You eat, eat the like hot one chip. chip. Eat the hot chip. It's pretty awful. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, But I don't know if it translates to radio. Although well, we, we got, got, the, the you got the YouTube. Yeah. Now. yeah, you're right. Things have kind of mm. opened up that YouTube but yeah. channel. But if you're used to spicy food, ah, it's still pretty hot. I don't know. Whew. That's not very pleasurable. It's a different kind of uh, punishment. <laughs> where the Waffle House would be, you know, filling. Yeah, this would just be pain. Wait, wait, This is,
6: hey, hang on. This is the, this is the best, the best uh, tiebreaker. And multiple people have sent this in. If it's a Uh-oh. tie at the end of the season, Jamie has to do the challenge.
3: Oh, oh, wow. wow. I like that. Why well, am I being dragged into this? You're the idiots who did this.
2: I like it. I say we do it. They I'm both in. Finish, they both finish 9 and 8, then Jamie gets roped into it. Yeah. Because he was the one no, that No, but they the don't degree. have to finish
3: 9 and 8, so no, that's I'm the problem. Saying, the it, records feel like they could both finish 7 and 10.
2: Exactly. They, and they, I don't like Marcy's finish, Vikings. They finish the same
3: Well, you better start rooting for the Falcons then. I don't like that idea either. They're I don't know. one team this year, Jamie? All right. Yay, yeah, he's
2: in. I'm in. All right. There Damn. you go. You know it's going to come down to the last week.
3: No, two. it's not. Ah. One, I have no doubt, Anthony, that your Falcons will blow it.
6: I will be very disappointed <laughs> if it's even close.
3: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, right. I thought it was funny that it was 7-10 and 10 for the Vikings, but we know they're going to be like 9-8. and eight. Your Falcons have no chance of winning nine games this year. Agreed. Not, oh, yes, they do. Not even close. Oh, yes, they do. No. That's Jamie Rivers.
2: He'll be eating those words and a lot of waffles at some point. (laughs) I'm Anthony Stalter for Andrew Marsh. Uh, We'll be live again at uh, the Centene Community Ice Center tomorrow for the Fast. We've got an instant replay coming up right now. See you.
1: You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.